dude, you made yeah. so much build up for it. How could I not? It didn't, I don't think it yeah. made it. I don't think it made it. That is very sad, and that did make me sad because uh, I have my own personal reasons why it made me sad, but at the same time, uh, that was just too good. I had to jump. Oh, God, man. Oh, God, oh, man. Oh, God, oh, man. Welcome to the Meister Movie Podcast. <laughs> We're off to a hot start. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> we are in a post-endgame world. <clears throat> um, I really don't know what to do with myself, honestly. I know Detective Detective Pikachu and uh, um, John Wick three are coming out, uh, and uh, yeah. So uh, this is a heck of a way to start a podcast, everybody. We just started laughing, and then now I'm just <laughs> drained. Don't explain it. Uh, don't explain it. Okay, so like, swim yeah, there's don't. Yeah, so I got Alex and Zach. Finally, Zach decided he wanted to. Be friends again. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, so, all right. Let's go into the news. Um, there were two trailers. Um, right. <laughs> Sorry. There were two trailers that came out. Um, let's start with. Okay. For all. Okay. Hold on. I think. Do we want to wait for Zach before we talk about it, Chapter Two, or do we just talk about it, I Chapter mean, I, Two? I can, I can stall for a bit about okay. it, Chapter Two. Um, no, you can. I have I've seen chunks of a huge chunks of it, uh, including the ending, but I haven't seen the whole thing as a whole. So I'm actually saving it for the next movie. That's I'm really excited to actually watch the sorry, movie. Sorry. Right Hold on, guys. What did I just miss? I, I was watching a clip. I stalled, I stalled about it. Chapter it I stalled no way more about it than I do. So go ahead and talk about that trailer, baby. Uh, the It Chapter 2 trailer? Yes. Yeah, you've seen the trailer. So go ahead and talk. It I have, Chapter yeah. 2. Where mm-hmm. do I... So first off, uh, I liked the first movie a lot. I uh, Alex can confirm that. I, I'm a big fan of the first movie. I love... I think Bill Skalsgård is great. Um, I guess, like, uh, do you want me just to give you kind of a general plot of the It trailer, or how do you want me to, like... Sure, I'm still checking my paperwork to see if I do, in fact, have proof that you... Yep, I do. Okay, so, uh, outside of that, um, I think Bill Skarsgård is great, and I do love the video that was going around with him and Bill Hader laughing on set. Um, I do think that he... Just from what I've seen from the movie, I think it's a great blend of both his performance as well as the imagery of what the clown can do itself. Like when his mouth opens yeah. up, out of the teeth, and then he's the dead bites. Or when he does other, like, really messed up contorting stuff with his face. It, the yeah. Piece, so, the actual, um, I do think that blended together, they're really good. So I'm going to just do a quick, quick, quick overview of the trailer um so you know the trailer opens with uh jessica chastain who plays um beverly who is the female uh kid in the first movie uh now grown up who's returned to her childhood home uh who is now inhabited by a creepy old lady 
as things do. Uh, and and the land. hilarious thing is, what? In Stephen King land for sure. Yeah, um, which is funny because um, quite a bit of um, you know, from the very beginning, uh, this trailer, uh, the the old lady feels very off uh, in general, um, and um, it's kind of very creepy because basically she's having this conversation with this old lady about uh, why she is returning to dairy and why, uh, you know, what did she like about it and all this. And this old lady feels off. And eventually this old lady uh, kind of walks into the back and you get a quick close-up of an image of supposedly her father who owned a um, a carnival and his name was Pennywise. Uh-oh. And as she's looking at this, you see a quick flash of the old lady who is now naked. Uh, ah, scooting across the kitchen. What? Ah, that's awesome. No, that's a shining reference. I like it. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, right at the very, right before the quick jump scare, she runs towards Jessica Chastain, like full nude. It's really freaky. And you find out that oh. the old lady is Pennywise. Um, I like that, I like that you're telling me this stuff and I'm not seeing it yet because I hope they keep that for the movie. But at the same time, yeah. that's just well, it seems up. like it's yeah. gonna make it in, and there's a couple deleted scenes from the first movie they're making it in um so then we get a few quick flashes of some stuff like some random you know uh pictures of dairy and stuff and then the the key image was actually a deleted scene from the first movie that actually we've known about for about a year now which includes a bridge where hundreds of thousands of balloons are falling and they're all bloodied from all all the people that pennywise has murdered over the years um then we get a cut of uh of the main cast uh now adults played uh by you know isaiah musafa uh jessica chastain uh james mcavoy bill Hader, all of them um and uh you know james mcavoy has his british accent which i think is really weird because he's playing american in this (laughs) um did he go to england at all in the book uh, i don't remember uh he was a famed author um yeah, maybe maybe his maybe he moves away from the town like yeah far away um, from the town. Yeah, well, we're not really sure. And then there's some uh, scenes of the famous Chinese. The have you seen the uh, the TV series, Alex? Oh, the the yeah yeah with yeah. Ritter and everything. So uh, yeah. then we get some shots of the famed uh, Chinese. Why would I say Ritter? Scene. Yeah, of uh, of uh, the famous Chinese restaurant scene, uh, which is cool. Uh, then we get some images from down below, some other stuff. Uh, and then the last thing we see is this little girl who's kind of walking through in the dark, and she sees a balloon, and it pops, and there's Pennywise about to kill her. Um, and it, it, it's a, just a very creepy trailer overall, and, uh, and it, it really is bringing a new level of horror to this because you know uh there's also another really key image of like pennywise like ripping his face off and pulling off like an eyeball and shit. it's really there's some really graphic gross shit but it looks Dude, really, that was really thing, what that was the thing in the movie that i've all the stuff i've seen in the last movie he just loved messing with his face yeah 
Um, there's some really cool stuff going on uh, with this trailer. I'm really excited. Um, I, I I hope that, uh, Alex, when it comes out in September, that you'll have seen the first one before then, and you and I can go see it together. <laughs> I'm holding off as long as I can. It would be so cool to see it, like, a week before yeah. the movie came out and then when like all the buzz is happening and i see the yeah. trailers and all that stuff and like it's just all around me and i can't escape it like i'll be in it i'll wait yeah. a week like have that week of anticipation and like i'm sure yeah so it, it comes out september 6th so i mean first week of september you can kick off your rewatch your watch of it and all that and really yeah, I'm gonna be busy. Into it. i already know it i'm gonna be busy sorry happens <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, no, that's my plan. My plan is to try and reach a week, right, like a week or two right before, like as close as I can to it as possible. Not like the day before. Like I want to have some space so I can feel the kids grow up, uh, yeah. but I also need to still be in that world. Yep, I, I think you, I think it'll be really good. I think like a good way to prep for it is like watch Stranger Things because uh, the first movie has a lot of Stranger Things vibes to it, uh, on top of being you know an it vibe. Or, you know, I would say Stand By Me is probably... Stand By Me is an also big one, but it also helps that literally one of the kids in the first movie is played by a Stranger Things actor, so... Oh, no, yeah, I... I, I do, yeah. Um, I was thinking more along the lines of watching a bunch of Stephen King stuff. Not yeah, I mean, uh, the other the thing is, like, Pet Cemetery is not stuff. that good, from what I'm told, but... No, I'm not even saying watch the new one. I'm just saying just as just my favorite Stephen King material that gets me excited for it. I've watched the miniseries. I know how the story goes. I've read yeah. like and heard stuff about the book enough to know where the story's going, even visually how I would probably want to do it. I also know Gary Vuk- Gary Fukunaga was going to make it, and a lot of the imagery in the second one is his that he stuck yeah. with that he stuck with that they loved. So I'm really excited about that, but. At the end of the day, it's like I don't want to dive into like the Langoliers or something like that, but maybe the Stand or the Mist, Carrie, uh, yeah. Cujo, uh, just this this the King I like um, and love. Maybe Misery. I haven't seen Misery in forever. Yeah. Um. No, dude. Like I'm so excited for this movie. It's got a perfect like perfect vibe for where we we need to be uh in comparison to what the first movie was i'm just pumped for it but uh to move away from that but to stay on the topic of horror films i i have a, a funny funny movie internet story to tell if oh boy. chris will allow me uh creepypasta no this is actually like a real thing that happened like yesterday <laughs> all right go ahead so, uh, yesterday, a group of about 100 people went to go see Detective Pikachu. Oh, I heard about this. <laughs> yep, yep, I'm excited. You know where this is going. And, uh, well, yeah, and, you, told, uh, you told me about for the episode, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, this is great. Um, and they go down, the movie starts, and it kicks off with a Annabelle trailer. And uh, you, you're like, all right, all right, what's going on? And then it moves to Joker. No, and then dude. And then it moves. Right away. Child's play. Now this start. This is starting to sound like like a trail, like like a story where you hear all oh, the it's the horror movies in front of the the kids. Now these kids ended up watching the Curse of La Llorona. 
I just don't. <laughs> not only that, but the parents, the parents want to sue. Yeah, the parents want to sue after this too. Which I think it's great. <laughs> you sat through that whole movie with your kid, expecting another movie. I mean, they, the didn't, they didn't sit through the whole and you're movie. Like, no, obviously, no, 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 no. Like, kid, they screwed up. It, yeah. We paid for a movie, and we're going to get it. No, I don't care how scary it is. You sit yeah. here and watch it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the poor kids, apparently, the parents want to sue because the, the, um, the imagery and, and the event traumatized their kids. <laughs> I, I, how do you confuse the two? Uh, well, you know, Chris, you worked in a movie theater. You know, things happen sometimes. Like it's just but something weird I, must happen. The Someone worst must thing. <laughs> the worst thing. I've worked at a movie theater for a year and a half. The worst thing that ever happened was Captain America: Civil War opening, where they yeah. sent us a 3D print of the movie, and we don't have yeah. a 3D projector. Yeah, but um, like, that's the, the worst thing, that ever. This happened. happens at theaters all the time, where where like the the day cool. before, you know. You had La Llorona in the theater, and the manager probably just forgot to switch something over, and it was probably the first showing of the day. I don't know what time of the day it was. They didn't say, but it was probably the first showing of the day. <laughs> like and if you don't they forgot to switch it over, and that's and it just happened. Things like that just happened, dude. Like, I haven't heard anything like that happen since like when they confused Guardians of the Galaxy with Rise of the Guardians. No, dude, I there's a better one. Uh, when Finding Dory first came out, uh, they put a sausage party trailer in front of it, like a red banded one. That was great. <laughs> I read about that. That was a good one. I love sausage party. <laughs> He's not talking about the movie, <laughs> folks. No, I'm, I love to have sausage parties where we like do each other and watch sausage party while we do it. <laughs> Um, okay, that was yeah. pretty good, but that was not yeah, as good as my Reddit story it's last like a week. Fun, it's just like a fun, like, weekly film story that just kind of happened. Um, yeah. Um, I, want, I want to, right now, as the host of this show, solidify the Reddit story I shared about Endgame last time as the definitive <laughs> movie story. <laughs> I still oh like, the I one where the guy the spent a year planning to get back at the other guy. Yes. Yeah, that story is great. That story's on the internet. That was that. I, that takes commitment. That takes real commitment to do. When I when I tell people my first response to that story in the episode and in just life is always that's the greatest story I've I've ever heard. And people always confuse that with me like complimenting and or making a comment about the gentleman. No, I have mixed feelings about that gentleman. But at the same time, that's the greatest story I've ever heard. No, that story's great. Uh, this one comes pretty darn close. This one comes pretty darn close, too, honestly. Like, this one's pretty, pretty funny, but, like, this one's pretty good. But, like, that Endgame story is, like, that guy... I'd watch out for that guy. That guy is ready to play the long game to, like, get back. Like, he's, he's in the Endgame, man. He's always playing in the Endgame. I just can't believe Peggy's dead. Hey, Chris. Wow. Hey, okay. Chris. Yeah. What, Chris, what, what, what? Just think about the next this. Game. It's a long game hey, joke. Hey, hey, Chris, think about this. Okay. Chewbacca died. Yeah, he got crushed hey, by a moon. You were, you were way more hurt about, about Peter. He's like, you can't talk nothing about no Peggy. Peter Mayhew died. Yeah. 
Yeah, we shared that last week. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about your reaction. Your reaction meant something yeah. to you. You used him, right? Yeah. Like it if I was making fun of pe- of, of Peter Mayhew, right? I don't oh, think you okay. could justify you know that, Alex. Someone that I care about died, and I'm making fun of them. So, yeah. Well, I'm sure he could care less because he's dead. Uh, and then Probably I guess something place. else happened, but we're not going to get too deep. Okay, listen. Because Zach has very, 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 very strong opinions about that. The fact that you just referred to yourself into third person is astonishing. Um, but... That is, did that just happen? Did we record it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that because I can't make fun of you right now for it. So get ready for later. I'm going to say that so later. We got so into that, an argument. We're not we going to go into it, Chris. We're not going to go into it. I'm just we're letting not you know. Go into it. Let's just say I have very strong opinions not, about the new Spider-Man trailer. I'm not even going to tell you what we argued about. Yeah, you say it's about the new so, Spider-Man trailer. But I have very strong opinions about it. We're not going to talk about it too much. So Other in than that, it's a trailer. It came out. It, the movie looks really good. Yes. Guys, there's just one simple question that we just can't ask. Because if we do, we'll waste another half an hour. It's yep. a very simple question. We just won't cut it out. We can, t- we, can talk about, we can talk about the trailer. But just like. Yeah, I mean. Um, the so, that so the out. big. Uh, here's the honest big thing, honestly. And I'm not going to go too deep. I'm not going to get angry about this. But um, the, the biggest, ready. the biggest uh, conversation point I've actually had that has stayed civilized about this trailer is Josh is Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, character. Is he telling the truth or is he lying? My, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I am in one camp. The vast majority of, of people are in another camp. Uh but it is a conversation point that people are having is, is he telling the truth that he is playing a character who is known to be a bad guy? His character claims to not be that. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. This is where things get muddied because a, you haven't talked about what that is. Cause there's one particular thing that he says in the thing that people are not trusting or whatever. He says he is from <laughs> another dimension. Okay. And oh then boy, here he, we go. B, I'm not going to go into that yet, but I'm going to say, B, this is the question that I want to bring to the table, which is that not everybody knows the history of Mysterio. So there are two different audiences that are coming to this story. There are people who know that he's a tricky dude. We've already, brought, we've already said that now. But there are people who don't, who don't know anything about him. So it's like there is a, a, broad, a bigger tier question, which is, is he from that place? Can we trust him? Because he's a tricky dude. But yep. they don't know that yet. So yep. we have to let – how is Marvel approaching it? Because they, they have to reach everyone, and not everyone reads the comics and knows about this dude. And then there's people who just love it so much they don't want to know Jack about the story and who this guy is. They want to go yep. in like – He's the clean. villain. Well, we um, know that, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. So, so the beauty of, Mar- of what Marvel's done in the past, because that, that's our best guide to this, is, is what the MCU has done in the past. Our best guide is traditionally when we get our very traditional uh, characters, whether they be a Spider-Man villain, whether they be a, uh, an Iron Man villain, a Captain America villain, is they usually have their comic background, traditionally. The beauty of Jake Gyllenhaal's character is that both camps could potentially get what they want. Uh, in the fact that he might not necessarily be lying about being from another dimension, but it doesn't mean he's not a bad guy. Um, 
I think it's he's, yes, he's the bad guy, but that doesn't mean he's not lying about where he's from. Yes. Um, the, the, the greater question is that he does say some things um, that, uh, that have split the community. And our community, it, our home. <laughs> yes. That have split <laughs> our community, our, our podcast community. Alex and, Alex and Chris are in one camp, and I am firmly in another. Until proven otherwise. No, I'm, in, I'm in the. I know yet. I'm in the. Who? What does Kevin Feige say? If Kevin Feige stands up yes. and says this is what it is, then yes. that's what it is. Um, if it's also and, that is entirely separate than Marvel and Marvel because it's the branch that, like, if the MCU is a really, really strong branch of the tree, Marvel and Marvel is saying this is what the branch's name is. That's fine. That's for people who want to accept yeah. that. But like, the MCU is trying to reach everybody, and that's the branch yeah. that's gonna. Like, support the tree for a long time like it's yeah. gonna reach to a house and like be a part of a family like someone's gonna actually yeah. build a swing yeah. on that on that branch or something they're trying to reach everyone with the name 616 i get that i yes. really i see and, and they're trying to have their cake and eat it too and yeah. that's fine um and i'm gonna say my argument in the most civilized way i can um i think that as the traditionalist Yes, and as civilized as I possibly can, Chris, please let me finish this before I even say it. I have the mute button ready. Okay, you should mute it now, because I'm about to speak blasphemy. No, your mutant button. Okay. He's a mute button? Wow, hateful. No, I um, said your mute button. I think that the reason why they've decided to designate the Earth in the MCU's continuity, emphasize that term the term I used there, the terms I used there, the MCU's continuity, not Marvel continuity, uh, as 616, as a way to honor the comics Prime Universe's Earth, Earth Prime's continuity, which is also designated Earth 616. According to the tree, they have classified the Marvel Cinematic Universe in relation to the other Marvel universes uh, in Marvel's greater multiverse that includes all the TV shows, all the comics, all the everything, uh, as Earth 1, followed by 5 9s, because I'm not going to mistake how many 9s there are. Uh, yeah. That is the true Nine. classification of the branch. To use Alex's reference. If I, branch, that's what I thought was if, really funny. If, if the branch wants to call itself 616 as a way to honor the tree... All the power to that, and I think that that's a beautiful way to honor the tree. But <laughs> as far as Marvel purists will ever be concerned, the MCU will always be Earth One Nine 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 Nine. I got you. I got you. According to the tree, yes. Um, that's According what I to love. the tree. The more you said it, the more I didn't want to say this because it would just sound so so narcissistic. But I'm like, guys. Is it another hashtag back to Willow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or did the but, but actually, actually, there's something we got to talk about about that, actually. There's something I want to talk about about that hashtag back to Willow after this. But, uh, but um, Chris, did I not say my argument in the most civilized way I possibly could? Um, nobody heard it because I muted you. Uh, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, 
it's recorded. I, I actually think that he you made your case very well. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, yeah. Uh, you know, there's Some a possibility that in the Marvel, in the MCU's continuity, it's called 616, and that's cool, and I think that's a really great way to honor the comics, and I want it to be true. But again, until we know exactly who Jake Gyllenhaal's character actually is, where he or- truly originates from, not what he says he originates from, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it could just that be a fun be- call out to the comics, you know? Might I make my case now? Yes, you may make your case. Uninterrupted. Yes. I may fart in the microphone. Just to point. make sure, Zach, I'm going to mute you. Okay, I muted him. Um, oh, bye-bye. So... Because, Zach, we all know you have a tendency to talk over people. So. Thanks. Now listen. Sure. Um, oh, he just unmuted himself. What? Oh, my gosh. I actually right. did mute him. And he <laughs> Zach, Zach, you haven't Skype is so stupid. <laughs> you can't put me down, boys. I give you permission, Zach. Uh, Chris, I will take our time. <laughs> <laughs> I had your Uncle Ben. I will, give you I will stay to go quiet ahead and, do it. and let you state your opinion without the thought of being dead. <laughs> I give you permission to go use these unmuted powers on the world. <laughs> I think we just found out I have a superpower, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I am unmuted. Literally, the entire time is like because tendency to cut in. No, I don't. Oops. <laughs> All right, Chris. You I can, can't breathe. You can state your opinion. You can state your opinion. But just know, Chris, your your mute powers do not affect me. <laughs> I'm ever there present for anyone getting superpowers. I'm <laughs> so funny. Give your permission to do what you will. No one is superhero, so I'm your uncle. I'm sorry, guys. That was just so funny. All right, Chris. Okay. State your opinion, but know that you, you <laughs> physically can't mute me anymore. <laughs> okay, yeah. Chris, what is your opinion on this? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. No, I'm not going to laugh again, damn it. <laughs> well, to, get, to, to, to move on, because apparently, apparently Chris can't say as a state of opinion. Yes, I can. Yes, okay. I can. Okay. Don't you okay. dare. Right. Don't you I'll dare let you do on. it. I'll let you do okay. it. Okay, go. All right. <clears throat> Compose yourself, up, Chris. Let me pull up the article that I read that uh, Zach doesn't trust. Um, I mean... <laughs> shoot okay 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 so <clears throat> this is Arama, right okay so this is what an article that i found okay come on breathe damn it breathe breathe all right <laughs> he can't speak today he's having too much shown during an interview segment with mysterio actor jake john hall Shown during an interview segment with Mysterio actor Jake Gyllenhaal during an appearance on Ellen, the clip not yet officially released online expands on a brief moment seen in the trailer. Hold, hold on, hold on, Chris, Chris, Chris. And hold Jesus. on. Jesus. I hold on. This. <laughs> the clip is actually now online. The clip is actually now online. 
Not only are we delayed because we're recording it, but we were delayed by our reactions in general. Um, but also, that is interesting, Zach. The clip is out. So the clip is out there. <laughs> so wait, Zach. <laughs> the clip is out there. Yes, the clip is out. Okay, okay. So, but, uh, it's not, it's not just one. He's not blowing smoke off her butt. This isn't this isn't some newsarama whatever thing. This is the, oh shit. Well, I, I mean, his character says that says some things, but again, like I, mean, I said, we, Jill and Hall we can't... walk around and say the MCU uses six one six like that. Well, Jake Jill and Hall Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. I can't even make my argument. Let me rephrase. <laughs> the interview is not out there yet, but the clip that he's referring to. Talking about the word six one six is out there. Okay. The movie. I, I think they gave Gyllenhaal the 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 opportunity to say it. I think they there. He's like, look, can I be a villain in one of your movies? They're like, sure. He's like, sweet. Um, what else do I get? What's a perk? And they're like, you want to come out and say this is the six one six? He's like, what does that mean? And they're like, the nerds will freak out. And he's like, sweet. Whatever. Anyways, Chris, you can continue. I'm not sure I can. <laughs> Well, hold on. So since wait, 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 no, no, wait. Since no, 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 no. I'm not surrendering. I'm not surrendering. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris, Chris. So, so <laughs> Disney announced today. Hold on, Chris. Hold on. Hold your breath. Shut up! I got to interrupt. It's not interrupting me from introducing you, but I don't interrupt you. Chris, don't you interrupt my interruption. <laughs> <laughs> is this not the funniest episode ever <laughs> i want to point out here hold on, hold, on, hold on so today disney announced that the willow tv series is officially getting greenlit for disney plus you're changing the subject with warwick davis we're not yeah. we're not changing the subject i'm i, I'm determined to make my argument I brought what? that to the table last week. That's that. That's unusable ammo. That shell is a dud. Damn it! Can't avoid the subject. <laughs> Damn we it! We already talked about it last week. Damn it! Right. No. Well, yeah. Chris, 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 Chris. Hold Chris. on, Zach. Hold on. I need to preface something. We are not drinking. <laughs> Chris is. I'm not. There's literally there's literally a party going on outside my house right now for a roommate's birthday, but they were way drunk when they got home, and I'm not going to join them because it's Mother's Day tomorrow. But no, I've just yeah, this I've is better. Induced, I've induced the giggles. Yeah. All right, Chris, make your argument, but don't laugh too much. Um, Alex, I could. You're I not allowed to laugh. I can see your buddies Chris. now. They need to turn it down. Um, I just looked out my window. Um, <laughs> man, stop. Okay, make <laughs> my clothes on and figure this out. <laughs> um. Okay. So the clip should have should have shaved. Uh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So the clip. Right, right. That was Hashtag, back to, Hashtag back to Willow. Hashtag back to Willow. I'm, I'm very warm in my home. Hashtag back to Willow. All right, Chris, your, your argument. Okay, so my argument. Three the, finally, three, three man. God dang it! A very <laughs> incorrect, invalidated argument. Whatever, man. Take it to the tree. Exactly. Okay. All I'm gonna say is. The clip is out. 
Yeah. Jill yeah, Hall so said it. Would you shut up? <laughs> we're just we're backing you up, man. We're hype men. That's all it is. I didn't say. No, Alex. Yeah. Did me? Did me? Did me or you say anything when he made his arguments? Uh, maybe I don't remember. Go. I didn't. Okay. All right. So <laughs> recorded. We'll find out later. Go. Yeah. All right. So the clip is out <clears throat> that Mysterio said that the MCU Earth is six one six. Could that be an homage? Sure. Fine, whatever. But the fact that it's being vague, that nothing's being officially said yet, I'm probably maybe I'll wake up tomorrow morning. I'll wake up in the morning, which is a half an hour from now, and like we'll find out that oh, Kevin Feige said, you know, it's just a homage to the original 616. Perfectly fine, perfectly fine. But as of right now, God, as of right now. They're being vague, and they haven't said anything yet. We all we have is Jake Gyllenhaal's word, and just because we can't trust his character does not mean we cannot trust the man. So I'm I don't. Saying I can't necessarily trust Jake Gyllenhaal, the man. He made Donnie Darko. Uh, I believe we're talking about Oscar nominated Jake Gyllenhaal. Nightcrawl. Can you say that with a straight face? I know. I can't say that with a straight face. Did he win for Nightcrawler? No, he didn't. He wasn't even nominated, was he? Uh, yeah, he, he was, was nominated. Totally, I think that's the year. I think that's that was a tough year. I think that may have been yeah, that was either right. Daniel Lewis year or that may have been the year DiCaprio finally won. It, it doesn't matter. It, anyway. uh, Chris, uh, I actually agree no, with your no, argument. No, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not even like okay. Like I'm saying, they're being vague. Yes, they haven't said anything yet. Yes, I'm probably gonna wake up tomorrow morning and they're probably gonna say it. No, it's just an homage. It's not the actual six one six. Whatever it has to be. Something because obviously nerds like us are freaking our fucks about it (laughs) obviously so i don't even care um maybe he maybe mysterio is lying i do from the marketing that i've seen the two trailers that i've seen it kind of looks like maybe he might just pull off a syndrome from the incredibles whereas he's trying to make friends with everybody so he could appear to be the to be the hero in all this, and Spider Man's like, nah, uh, uh, or something like that. I don't know. The yeah. move, it's we're too. I it's gonna be right. too much movement game. Yeah. Uh, again, Chris, uh, that was kind of what I was trying to say. Um, is that I really just want to hold my breath on this whole what whatever it is until we see it or until it comes from Feige's mouth. Um, because, like you said, they're they're being very vague about it and vagueness with marvel has always been a weird thing where you can't necessarily always trust how vague they're being um like you know the 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 russos said in infinity don't war that no i'm sorry no this is definitive don't act like it's not <laughs> um can we just anyway. leave it at this i i don't want to go deeper into this i'm sorry <laughs> i i look okay i Russos came out and they said about Cap, because I think we talked about this last week, I don't remember, but like the Russos finally came out because people were confused about what happened with Cap. He went to a multiverse, he created his own universe when he went back in time and met Peggy, and then he went back to our universe to give him the shield somehow. They didn't explain how, because they didn't, they had to have an interview and go out and explain that. I think that's pretty definitive. They're like they're the filmmakers. They made the film, and although they aren't necessarily talking about the future, they're talking about that moment and how 
I believe they should have been more logical about how they approach that scene instead of going all 110% emotional, because that's what it is. And I guess that's the way you have to ride that train in the last 20 minutes of that movie. You have to gut punch the emotion. You can't think about logic. You don't have time. And I think that's how they did it. And I, the problem is now they're going around in interviews and they have to explain this stuff. And that sucks. They don't want to have to. It's a visual medium. They should have been able to do it, but it was a tough job. The fact that they're answering this one question is insane. The fact that Marvel's giving them the, the leeway to do it is insane. But yeah. I don't think – it, it's not about talking about the future, and it's not talking about what is. And yes, they could change it, but as of right now, the filmmakers are saying, this, is, was, this was our thing. He, made, he went out and he made a multiverse. And since there are so many strings off this movie that are from the future – and we have another character in a movie trailer coming out and saying, I'm from another dimension. Multi-dimension seems to be the thing that Marvel and the MCU is doing now. That's, that's my point. Whether you like that or not, whether that's what you want to say or not, but like whether you believe them or not, they're the ones who keep talking about it. And that's like not even a hint. That's just what it is. Yes. Oh, man. I sure um, hope I'm ready for it, too. Let's just... I, I agree. Um, let's, I, don't th- I think it's a let's, good argument that we're having, but I don't yeah. think it's a prime example of them yeah. being vague. Yeah. Uh, let's, we can talk about it let's, today. It's yeah. interesting. We have a let's, point, but let's it's not. Let's table this conversation for yeah. when we actually get closer to the movie and there's more information. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe in the next couple of days, Kevin Feige kind of just puts all, all this bull crap to rest and just says this is what's what. Mm-hmm. I doubt it, yeah. but, you know... Like Chris said, maybe we'll go to bed tomorrow. Kevin Feige's gonna have an announcement. Whatever, you know. Uh, let's table it because there's actually something associated with Marvel that I actually really do want to talk about, and I think Chris wants to talk about, it, and I think Alex, you want to talk about this. Uh, okay. An Oscar nomination for Robert Downey Jr. I have seen. I have. Here's the thing: if he actually runs a campaign, like if yeah. he actually makes the moves for it, makes the money, pays the right people, puts out ads, he has a chance. I don't think yeah. the um, there's a so actually Alex there's a new update about that actually um, Vin Diesel recently tweeted out that he is he fully supports Robert Downey Jr. in a uh, in a push for that and Support I wouldn't him, be like, surprised what uh, yeah of course people are gonna. Supported, yeah, uh, but I hope Vin Diesel do. and the entire cast and crew of uh, Fast and the Furious, not uh, Fast and Furious and Hobbs and Shaw, actually. Um, okay. He spoke and, for both movies. Okay. <laughs> well, right. I mean, he, right. he gets to speak for those movies. Well, I mean, he did not. <laughs> he only gets Zach, to speak Zach, for Hobbs and Shaw, but he does Zach. get to speak for Fast and Furious. Um, Let's, Zach, Zach, Zach. Yes. Let's let Alex make his point. Because this sure. is his favorite actor. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm sure. Um, but real quick, though, on, on that. Um, I Before we go, before we talk about Fast and Furious stuff here. Uh, I could. We were talking about RDJ. Let's focus about RDJ here. here yeah. and less about Less about Fast and Furious. I think Marvel and Disney could very much put the money up to push for this because I think their hallmark actor of this franchise is something they want to put up for awards and people are talking about it. I don't see why Marvel and Disney and the Russos don't do it. 
I'm thinking about politics here. I'm thinking about RDJ in general. Like, here's the well, thing. Oh, yeah, RDJ in general. And this is the big. Oh, and this Zach, is actually. Zach, 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 let him finish. Let him finish. Let him finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, so this is what I'm thinking here in terms of all of this. Because I literally was thinking about this when we were talking earlier. And I started seeing, like, a couple videos that were, like, him making a campaign. But I'm like, unless he actually makes a campaign, then you have to think about the politics of it. Are they going to give Endgame a nomination for Best Picture? That's still up in the air. No one yeah. knows that for sure. And I would honestly say they're probably not if RDJ is their return of the king. Because Endgame, like Marvel has to get something for the last 10 years. That thing made Avatar money. It's got to get recognized for something. So if yeah. they don't give it a nomination to the movie, which depends on how good the year is in terms of movies. Really, if they're, they have yeah. 10 slots they can fill and they give it the blind side one year. Like Green Book one, like who gives a fuck? But at the yeah. end of the day, if they really want to meaningfully give an Oscar and they actually think this means something, Oscar, to this series, RDJ has a chance. He's yeah. the redemptive story. He really does act his ass off in that movie. And in terms yeah. of politics with him, if they don't want to give it to the movie, they got to give it to something. And the only way this works is if he actually puts money into a campaign. If he just yeah. walks around and he's like, maybe I'll get nominated and jokes around about it, then they're just going to joke around about it. But if yeah. he actually genuinely puts money in a campaign, like it doesn't matter when this movie came out this time of year. Like He has a foot in the door. Yeah. So, so here's the weird thing, though. And this is actually something I had a conversation about with other people, is that um, <laughs> the reason why I don't, I, I agree with you, Alex, but I think also I, I a tiny, tiny, tiny bit disagree with you. And this is the biggest argument is that the, the Academy has to recognize Endgame and not even necessarily has to recognize Endgame. It has to recognize RDJ for what he's done for pop culture and for film because the MCU has changed film. It has changed pop culture and RDJ is the face of the MCU. That's so just what it is. It's not. It's not even an art. It's not even an argument that that you know Endgame has to do well. That there is a. It's the fact that Marvel as a company has changed the industry so much that basically they don't even have to give RDJ a win. Give them a nomination like they gave Black Panther last year, and people will be happy. Again, again like. Do I think that, th well, that's, the question would be then, take his campaign out of the, of the equation. Yes. Does the, do the Oscars feel the need to reward the Marvel movies that they haven't rewarded at all until yeah. Black Panther? And the only reason that they did is because race became yeah. a part of it, and they really want to get back on it. Now, yeah, and I, the tough thing... The, uh, uh, wait, wait, wait a second. Do I yeah, honestly yeah. think the Academy Awards, this is a big point, do I honestly think that the Academy Awards really want to recognize Marvel? Do they want to recognize superhero movies? This is the same Academy who not but less than 10 years ago rewarded Birdman. And the whole fucking point of Birdman is that they don't like superhero movies. So I don't know. That Academy hasn't changed necessarily that much. So that's, that's the sheepest thing. Like, they yeah. just rewarded Green Book, man. Like, yeah. they had so many better choices. Like, for them to just step up and be like, eh, we're going to dip our toes in the water and give it to RDJ. Not even a nomination. I'm talking about a win here. Like, screw it. Like, even if he doesn't campaign, if he gets nominated, I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah. but that's if they wanted to. And the question is, do they want to? 
The Academy, I don't think, wants to. Yeah. The Academy has to now because they gave Green Book the best picture win. They have yeah. to they have to do what the audiences want now. And if they don't recognize the movie, then they have to recognize RDJ. So it's either going to be best picture nomination and a nomination for RDJ, or RDA, RDJ is just going to win. And then special yeah. effects and achievements and all that stuff like yeah. they did back I on. think I, I really, and that's the weird thing, is I think this past year hurt the Academy so much that I think they just kind of, Endgame's just going to kind of get it because Endgame and RDJ, honestly, because they have to give goodwill to the audience and that's the only way to do it now. There could be a better movie that comes out this year and I still think Endgame and RDJ will win because they, they have to give goodwill. They have to to the populace, to the populace and popular film because they're not going to keep viewers that way. And this is a bigger issue about the, the, the Academy Awards in general, honestly. Um, and I think giving a goodwill win to RDJ and Endgame in that sense, and I think it's a perfect movie to do it to, too. It's a great movie. And, it, and RDJ acts as, again, you said it yourself, RDJ acts his ass off. And even Chris, Hem, uh, Chris, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth act their best in, are probably at their best in that movie. And Josh Brolin's still great. Uh, I think that it's a it's a good time. I, it, I don't think it's a good time because I think they, they should have done it years ago. But now is the time, if ever, for the Academy to truly make this decision of are we going to stay ourselves staunch and lose all our viewers? Or are we going to just accept that sometimes this is one of these these movies that we don't necessarily think are a an, an artistic piece we just sometimes need to bend ourselves backwards to the viewers well it's a lot of different things like in yeah. a perfect world the guardians the first movie would have gotten a nomination for script yeah. years ago like we're, we're yeah. talking about a perfect world like in a perfect yeah. world the uh, Josh Brolin would have been nominated for Thanos for sure. Like even even like in a perfect world, Andy Serkis would have been nominated for his stuff. But uh, we're not talking even about in a perfect that. world. Like even say, in a perfect world, The Dark Knight wins. That that's the thing. Wins that year. No, it, no, that that was going to be my point brought to the table. Think about The Dark Knight because yeah. The Dark Knight did not even get nominated for Best Picture. And the bigger question was, would have uh would uh have Heath Ledger won Best Actor if he had not died. No. That's the question here. Would he have been nominated? Without a doubt. Would he yeah. have? Would that have been enough of a ceiling for them, the Academy, to break? So since he died, is that the reason he won the Oscar? Yes. Now, that's a blurred. No. Well, I don't know because the performance so it's Oscar worthy good. It is that good. It's it, like, I'm not even going to stand here and say that Josh Brolin or RDJ are that good in yeah. Endgame or infinity war. Like no one's been that good in a long time. And the same, the next person that was that good in a long time was probably Anton sugar from no country of old men, like, like actual terrifying people that shook the ground. And Josh Brolin is not on the level of Joker. He was an Oscar worthy performance. Did, now, I'm talking about the Academy and what they felt when they voted as human beings. Did they really give it to him because he died? Because they didn't give it a nomination for Best Picture. That's yeah. the thing that I'm thinking about in this movie. I, I honestly think at the end of the day, RDJ is probably going to get nominated and Endgame will probably get nominated. Yeah. But I think that RDJ is going to win 
depends on the performances. And it also, more than anything else, does RDJ put the money in for a campaign? Because nobody wins if they don't campaign. You can get nominated for sure if the Academy actually thinks that you're good enough. If you die, you might even win. But if you actually put money into a campaign, you'll win. If you don't, then if you don't, if you act like you don't care, then the Academy doesn't care. If you don't make the time and the effort to go to their houses and give them the screeners or go to the places and play for the people, if you don't make the time and effort to put your name out there and go to interviews and put your paper, your name in the paper for consideration, you are not going to win. That's how it goes. So RDJ has to, this is all moot until RDJ says, you know what? I didn't win for Chaplin and I didn't win for my other performances. And I put out performances that have been nominated. Hell, Tropic Thunder. I've been nominated at least twice and I haven't won yet. And I'm a redemptive story and I've carried this MCU on my back. I think I can. So I think at the end of the day, does RDJ deserve the right to put the immense amount of money that he has under his belt right now to form the greatest Oscar campaign there is for just his performance and him leaving the MCU, whether he comes back or not? Has he earned the right to do it? As the biggest RDJ fan in the, in the conversation, yeah, I think he's earned it. Yeah, it, as weird as it is, and I this is actually a conversation of I kind of actually want to have a greater conversation with you about another day. Uh, is I actually genuinely believe that RDJ should have won for Tropic Thunder, and I know why he didn't win because there was a lot of drama going out around that time because of the R word that he was using in that. And no, it was the face it was the blackface too i was gonna say the blackface too but <laughs> it was the r word and the blackface stuff but uh <laughs> but, but, but i i love i i really do love but yeah i'm pretty sure it was a strong year it was a strong year. yeah no but uh but to, oh, but to really, and, and again, I, I really want to have this conversation. There was, a, there was a lot of there was a lot of drama going on with that movie. <laughs> okay, there was a lot of drama going on with that movie okay. from many different people, and and that's I think half the reason why he didn't win that year. But <laughs> but. It's not because of the it's not because of the R word. It was because of blackface, and if not because of that, it was also he lost to Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, Chris, Chris, he should have won. He should have won that year. He he should, I, mean, I mean, okay, but but seriously though, but honestly, he was against Chris, 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 really think about this though, because we just talked about this. If Heath Ledger didn't die though, there is a very distinct chance RDJ would have won that year if we ignore the stupid, the blackface oh. and the R word and the everything else. Um, um, he did give a great performance in that film. He really did. Um, and there, there's a lot of issues with that movie from a political standpoint. Why? Why? I love RDJ, but I'm glad he didn't win. I'm glad that he didn't win for Tropic Thunder. He is great in it. Do not get yeah. me wrong, but if you watch some of the side stuff, like the DVD features, like it's cringeworthy. And if yeah. the, do I think the Academy would have awarded him despite his blackface? Yeah. Do I think that there was a loud enough crowd of people screaming in their ear telling them not to do it? Yes. But the, yeah. this is all moot agreed yeah. because it was the year of Heath Ledger. Like Heath Ledger yeah. 
can't Stop. fight the Joker. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I would think, but although I do think blackface tr- uh, trumps the R word every time. Y- yes. Uh, yes, but there was a big loud community against the R word thing and the blackface thing. Yeah. That R no, community was missing a blackface thing. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Um, I no, that's think, not on you. That's I, on them. Yeah, no, it's 100% on them. Um, but yeah, I think I I think RDJ has a very distinct chance of, of getting a nomination. Um, I think that um, there's for sure, for sure, and, and we we talked about this. I I think there's for sure like two scenes they can definitely point to that are beautiful scenes. Uh, specifically the the scene where uh, he has that argument with uh, with Chris Evans after coming back and he's in the wheelchair, and then obviously. The, the goodbye scene at the very beginning of the movie. I mean, the goodbye one is, like, that's the one you would play if the movie just came out now. Yeah. Because like, they would be able to show that marketing. But the the argument, the like, that monologue, that's the Oscar monologue. Because the one, the one that happens at the beginning, that's the one that gets your heartstrings because, oh, we love him, and he's being charming, and he's sweet. But then he sweeps up, then he, like, sweeps up in the next scene, he's alive, and they're like, no, 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 I'm Robert Downey Jr., guys. I'm not Tony Stark anymore. I'm an actor. Remember, yeah. I act. I'm here to act. And I'm I gonna... and I and the, the the really beautiful thing, and I loved that scene um, when he was just like, "You said that if we lost, we were gonna lose together." Well, guess what? We did. <laughs> like that. That got me. Every no, they didn't do it. They didn't even lose together. They were on a completely separate worlds. No, I know, but that's that's the line he said. He said <clears throat> said you said that we if we lo- if we lose, we'd do it together too. And guess what, Cap? We didn't. <laughs> It's a monologue, and it gets to faint at the end, guys. It's yeah, an Oscar. It, it, no, it's it's it really is an Oscar-worthy uh, scene. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous and beautiful, and it's just one of many in that. I think another great scene is when he has that conversation with his father in the seventies. Um, that's another beautiful scene. I think where he really gets to learn who his father is and how his father really views uh him as a as a son and it, it's a very sad moment when you realize his father loved him the whole time despite being hard on him yeah we were we we went through a lot of that actually in last week when we talked about endgame yeah um just how yeah. much like we didn't see the signs of uh like when you look back all the signs that that's really just tony that's really just tony stark and robert Downey jr going through um the swan song, like he gets yeah. to say, he gets to say goodbye to his dad. He never said goodbye to his dad. He gets to act. He gets to act. He gets to be the hero. He gets to be slapstick and funny. He gets to make mistakes. He gets to redeem himself with Captain America. He gets to have the Iron Man moment again. He gets to say, "I am Iron Man again." He gets Even to though do he everything. didn't want to say it. He, it, I, regardless, doesn't matter. It, yeah. it. My point is, is that the the movie has all of the signs of someone saying goodbye. Like totally one hundred and ten percent, and I think, I th- and I and, and I really think the crown, the, the you know the the tip of the the iceberg on that one is giving him <clears throat> that Oscar nomination that would be kind of the the crowning achievement of his time in the MCU. Is I did the, I paid my dues for eleven years for this, and I got an Oscar for it. That's, it is the um, ultimate redemp. It's the ultimate re- Hollywood redemption story. And I think the an Oscar I, as and as crazy as it is, I think the Academy would eat that up. But he has to campaign for it. The world would eat that up. Are you kidding me? The yeah. story of Robert Downey Jr. He's been passed over twice as an actor. Like they gave him Tropic Thunder because he got Iron Man and he had an amazing year. That was the that was the Academy's thought of like, 
we'll get you sometime. But like, remember Zodiac? Remember Guide to Recognizing Your Stance? Remember the the? Oh my God, I can't remember <laughs> the yeah. George director. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> This is I'm starting to think you're not as you're not his uh, favorite. Yeah, I mean, and this he's, is he's a guy who George Clooney makes boring movies. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is really good in it. Uh, I yeah. I'm just saying, there's so many times they could have awarded him, and they were like, "We're gonna award you, but this is it." He's like, "No, no, no! I'm telling you right now, you're gonna give me it, and I think he earned it." I honestly, I honestly, that, but that's not the tip of the iceberg, Zach. You and I know this. We went to go see the movie. You and I know what the tip of the iceberg is. We're going to stop this Marvel talk right now. We're going to talk about the thing you really want to talk about, but you couldn't talk about. You wouldn't let yourself talk about it until you saw it. Guess what I saw, Chris? <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Detective Pikachu? Okay. No, we're not talking about Detective Pikachu. <laughs> He's literally left the show because he hasn't seen <laughs> Walker trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what I saw, Chris? Uh, oh, just hit you now. <laughs> you know how? No, 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 no! Stop, stop, stop! How did we get from RDJ to Rise of Skywalker? Because guess where I saw? Because I wanted to stop talking about Marvel, and I. Oh right. <laughs> Finally saw it. I'm just changing the subject. Idiot, <laughs> me. We've already exhausted it. I mean, I, uh... well, honestly, Zach, do you have any approach to that trailer that you thought was interesting about the no. game, about the stories, or anything? <laughs> I didn't ask Chris. Do you think Zach has anything interesting to say about the trailer? That was not my question. Uh... <laughs> I think Chris. Chris and Alex, <laughs> I, I think Zach has some things to say about that trailer. <laughs> oh, I did it for the person. I got to hear it. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I was trying back. so hard not to do a spit take. <laughs> I'm sorry. Call back city. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, so. We haven't even talked about Troll 2. Uh, oh, we're an hour in. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. News so usually. <laughs> I I saw uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, also, no, honestly, those... no, stop. Hold on. Can I say something about RDJ? Sure, oh, you yeah, can say sure. something. About RDJ. We did cut. We did cut it under the rug for you. We did pull it out from under you. I'm gonna pose the question. Yeah. Why? Okay. If we're gonna talk about if. Heath Ledger, if we're going to entertain the thought if he, if Heath Ledger hadn't died, would he have been nominated, much less win? I want <clears throat> to engage in something here. If, and I guess, for the, I guess for the sake of it, if RDJ doesn't have 11 years of context leading up to his performance in Endgame, does he get nominated for Endgame? No! <laughs> much less win. No! <laughs> Maybe. So, so, are we I saying... So, you, you can't, Zach, honestly, you can't ask that question and apply it to real logic here because that's, that's the whole point. They made a cinematic TV show. Yeah. And yes, well, well, here's the thing. You can, you, you can honestly look at that series and pinpoint which performances are better than others. Is Civil War better than Iron Man 2? Yeah, Iron Man 2 is just the... Robert Downey Jr. going off his own ego show. Like, he, even he, he's sober. 
and he's fine, but he's, he's going off his own ego. By Civil yeah. War, though, he's actually working with people that want to do something with him. And then Shane Black steps in, someone who did kiss, kiss, bang, bang with him. And he's like, dude, what if when that whole New York thing happened, you have post-traumatic stress syndrome? And he's like, oh, okay. Like, all of these performances are different, and some of them are better. So it isn't just that with all these lead to it. The thing is, some are better, better. and some are not. And with that being the case, what happened in the process that made it? So does he get better performances when he works with the Russos than he does with Favreau? I think he gets more well-rounded performances. I think with Favreau, Favreau just says, hey, man, what do you want to do? Let's, like, motor. Let's improvise it for a while. I think with Shane Black, it was, let's, like, make a tight pot boiler that has some jokes and equipment. Like, let's make a tight script that moves the story perfectly. It does. But in terms of his performance, it's all about moving the plot along. With the Russos, though, he's getting everything. Like he did, he's doing everything in Civil War. He's the hero. He has an arc. He's the bad guy. He has moments. Like in the two movies in this entire series, his work with the Russos have meant something. So Civil War prepared us for this, absolutely. But at the end of the day, when I look at this performance of RDJ, like it has everything. He's been for he's been around forever. It's the ultimate redemption story. Like you're just looking at it from eleven years of Marvel. He's had a three-year health, four-year period. He was a golden child. Then he lost mm-hmm. it all. He got it. Then he lost it all again and had to earn it bit by bit with performances that people love and are just like, he's just shooting it out of the cannon before he gets Iron Man. Then he gets yeah. Iron Man. Love him for 11 years. So you're talking about just 11 years. The academies are talking about everything up to Chaplin. Like, yeah. you haven't even seen Chaplin, man. You don't even know what RDJ can do. You have even uh, seen Kaplan, Kaplan the moment, is a beautiful film. Gonna, the moment the when, when Stark grabs his father and hugs him and says thank you, that is you cannot 110% look at that moment and not say that is a reference to Heart and Souls. That's yeah. one of that's one of the best RDJ performances of all time. They put Alfred Wooder in Civil War. People love that movie and his performance in it. When he hugs his dad, he does that exact same thing in that movie. People have loved RDJ for years. So it's not yeah. just those 11 But it is also just those 11 years. Yeah. And it is also a completely well-rounded performance that has everything in it because I think RDJ knows that this is his Oscar shot. This yeah. is his chance. Yeah. I think he knows it. He can't even come to the stage with the argument of blackface because Heath Ledger got in the way. He yeah. now has a chance because he's got 11 years behind him. And all those other years. And the other, and the let's also add the fact that RDJ also knows that the Academy is desperate to, to impress the populace and that this is going to be his shot no matter what. He's not going to get another think, shot like this where it's, it's so, if he just puts the money in, he is so certain to win. That's all he has to do is put the money and the time in and it's, it's, it's good as it, it doesn't matter what comes out this year. This is the year where he knows that if he just puts the effort in, it's his. 100%. Does, does he want it? I think so. I yes. think every, all signs point to him gunning for it. Yeah. Does, will the Academy accept it and give it to him? I Probably. think they should because Green, because Green Book was a bad choice. Uh, and, and I think they, and they, really to, need, they really need some goodwill with the, with the film community too. That's the thing. I, I think there are times in the Academy where there's sometimes where everyone's like, that's a terrible choice. He did it because of politics. And then there are other times where they, you know this award needed to happen. We all knew it. It was the right decision, and it was the right choice. Um, yeah. Like, 
Jamie Foxx with Ray. Like we all knew yeah. it. You just give it to Ray. Or whenever Daniel Day Lewis does anything, just yeah. you knew it. Yeah. Give it. You know it. This right is time. one of those times where it's just if Robert Downey Jr. puts the time in, you just gotta give it to him. You can't you I can't beat it around the bush. What right now at the beginning, well, I'd say it's halfway through the year just about. I've seen a lot of performances that people have been talking about that are very interesting. But this is the mo- this is like the Rocky, and it is a good Rocky story, and it's yeah. the first one shot a lot. But we haven't even hit movie season yet, so is he the clear is he the clear front runner right now? Absolutely, but we don't even know what the year is, so yep. we don't know who he's up against. He may get a Daniel. How many times did Leona- Leonardo DiCaprio come to plate with amazing performances before finally there was nobody around to give anything to, and they were like, Revenant, here you go. Oh God, here you go. But he went up to the plate with like amazing stuff. But every year it was like Daniel Day-Lewis or Jamie Foxx or Heath Ledger. He was always losing to people that were hitting 100 right out of the park. And I don't think this is one of those points. We don't know who he's up against. But I do think think it it makes sense. It's a great performance. He's got the, the story behind it. He's got the money to do it. Does he have the will? And if he does have the will... Hopefully it's not one of those things where he's walking around crushing the people, the people behind him. Yeah, and he has- gotta consider is that is that now that Disney owns Fox, they have a lot of pull in that community. And Disney, you know, behind the scenes, Disney can make it happen if if RDJ really wants it. And he goes to Kevin Feige, he's like, "Look, Kevin, I I want this really badly. What can you do to help me here?" Kevin's gonna call some people at Disney, some Bob Igers some Alan Horners, and he's going to say, look, I don't ask a lot, but can you can you make this happen? And they'll probably make it happen. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, can Disney do whatever they want? Absolutely. Can he do whatever they, what he wants with the money? If he wanted to buy an actual Oscar, yeah, he probably could. The buy, the win, I mean. Uh, the I guess it comes to the next question. Does he want to win an Oscar for Tony Stark? And I think that performance is enough said. I think yeah. the 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 monologue he gives to Chris Evans, I I just I don't think he thinks as Tony Stark is like this thing, this like this character that he plays anymore. I think with the Russo, he's he it's something that he can turn into something else and breathe life into it the way that he couldn't with the other directors. And I honestly think that he saw the opportunity with them to do that. They were like, look, we're going to give you every every acting opportunity in the world to do. He's like, really? And they're like, yeah, do it well. And he, in the back of his mind, is like, I can win an Oscar for this. Holy crap. I honestly think he could if he wanted to. And I honestly think he wants to win an award as Tony Stark. Yeah. He should win an award as Tony Stark. Howard Denny Jr. has earned it as himself and also through this series, but mostly as himself. Yeah. And the fact that he has now done it with a company that can make dreams come true, like the, dreams like that come true. And the, and, and the academy's in a in a rough place right now where they need to kind of they need to appeal to the popul to the populist film community right now. Yeah, but wouldn't it be amazing if Walking Phoenix won for the Joker? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, I don't wanna I don't wanna sound rude, dude. DC coming rude, in with the hard one. But if, if Walking uh, Phoenix loses to Walking Phoenix as Joker, I wouldn't even be that mad. Well, okay. I honestly think I would. having Walking Phoenix and him would be nominated. Like for would the Joker and Tony Stark be nominated in the same year at the Oscars? That would be crazy for comic book fans. But, I mean, um, I think it would be really funny and really if, ironic if RDJ loses because he could finally make the joke of "I've lost to the damn clown twice now." 
It's not even my same company. <laughs> what? It's not even my same universe. I haven't even fought the guy in my movies. <laughs> I haven't done it. And he just keeps beating me. Clocky's um, just kicking my ass every time. <laughs> I guess it could be Tony Stark's yeah. Hollywood. Or the better part, you know what would be really funny? Maybe I'll win his Doctor Who little. No, 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 no. If also Bill Skalsgård gets nominated for It too, mm-hmm. and and he's just up against the whole line of clowns. Okay, for, now you're getting for, crazy. For... <laughs> <laughs> and he loses still. Super funny. That is what? super I like that. Now you're getting crazy. Okay. I'm getting um, crazy, but I'm being funny here. <laughs> that is funny. Um, yes, he should be nominated. He should win. Yes, RDJ should should be nominated and should win. Um, yeah. We haven't seen Joker yet. There's a possibility Joaquin Phoenix pulls something great off. I no. don't know. Um, Do I think I think Joker has a possibility at this point right now? If, yeah. if, if Joaquin Phoenix is amazing, I don't know if the Academy is going to want to give him a nomination just yet. If he's like if he's like out and out amazing, and to be honest, Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. He's he can always be amazing. Doesn't matter if it's the Joker or not. Whatever plays this Arthur character he's playing is probably going to be a really good performance. But I think it's probably going to get script. Yeah, script sounds more like what they're going to give it. Like uh, this if, seems lo- like they gave it to Logan for script. We'll give Joker script too. But like, I, it depends on his performance for sure. I mean, they, they his performances are weird, and also he's never been truly like into the Oscars. So yeah. like, you could say he could, he should have won for the Master, but also that was like a crazy. Year I also think Joaquin Phoenix probably should have been nominated also for like her. I think her was pretty good. Hashtag Pactuolo. I think he should have been nominated for Inherent Vice. So many movies. Um, Anyways, yeah. uh, we got a movie to talk about. A really weird, crazy comedy horror terrible thing thank god <laughs> okay. we are skipping yeah. <laughs> we're skipping that scary walker thing you're welcome chris so okay zach what did you think about the title for the new star wars movie dang it <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding you're not talking uh, honestly zach do you have any real opinions about what the new star wars movie is going to be so um well, I, like I told you in the theater, I think uh, the the structure we saw was the first Death Star, and that they're on Yavin Four. Um, really? Yeah, really. Um, okay, go on. I think that um, we're gonna see a Mark Hamill Force Ghost, probably in some form. Probably. Um. I don't want to predict Ian McDermott's role quite yet because we don't really know anything yet other than the fact that he's in it. Um, For all all we know, he's in it as a flashback or something. Who knows? You know what I mean? I'm hoping just like a flashback. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't want to start trying to predict that because I wasn't very good on the Snoke predictions, so I'm not going to, you know, go deep on that. (laughs) Oh, he's just... Saber to kill his true enemy who's got a penis. What? <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, I don't want to predict Ian McDermott's role, but I like Ian McDermott. I've never hated him in any of his roles. Um, Name any of his other to roles? talk about Oscar nominated, uh, Oscar worthy uh, conversations, I think um, the, the opera scene in Revenge of the Sith is like 
an Oscar worthy scene, honestly, where he's just telling a story. Okay. And, and um and Hayden Christian's just listening, he's telling this dark story about a man who, you know, fucked with people, basically. Uh, I think he's an I think it's a scene that um if he was an amazing actor, that would be the scene they'd use at the Oscars, sure. And it is the uh, most interesting that movie for sure. Uh but uh I like Ian McDermott, he's a great actor. He's a you know, he's a thespian. Uh and he uh he loves it and he loves being theatrical and he loves you know being like proper theta and all that. Um and uh I'm excited to see him back. Uh we'll see what his role plays perhaps. Uh I don't really want to predict too much about this because again there's a lot of people I know who are not big fans of a certain movie, and I'm not going to talk about it. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I know. Um, and um, I know that a lot of people have that, you know, Disney needs a little bit of goodwill with this movie because it seems like a lot of fans weren't real wild about the last couple of them. And uh, whether I think they're mentally unstable and shouldn't think about Star Wars in any Wait, that's a whole nother story. But um, Disney needs some goodwill, so I feel like this movie is going to be a very safe movie. Um, it's not. It's it's going to be a very safe movie and a very Star Warsy movie, which Last be. Jedi wasn't. Um, and is safe. I think safe is a good word I use for J.J. Abrams a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris. I, dude, I don't think that's a this, bad thing. I just think it's no. Safe. It's not a bad thing. It's no. It's here's gonna the thing. Be, it's gonna be a Force safe Awakens thing. safe and people love Force Awakens. Yeah, Force no, Awakens. Here's, great. The, here's the thing. Go ahead. Alex, remember when we talked? Like when we were both working in the movie theater. When I talked, when I when we were talking about like, like how I was like in a euphoria before Last yeah. Jedi, and I was like, I don't care if like, I don't care if the Episode Nine is a complete ripoff of. Return of the Jedi. At least I got a happy ending, and then you lit me up. Yeah. Where is that now? Can I get that now? I would like that right so, now. So here's the thing, Chris. We have to we have to accept the fact that Abrams made this movie, and that that exists now. So I have to take a step back and look at the reality of the situation and ask you, Chris, mm-hmm. who was going to make it before J.J. Abrams? Oh, that's right. Ew. Yeah, yeah, the guy, the guy, yeah. So, it's so here's the thing. Ryan, here's Johnson, a... Ryan Johnson's doing his own thing. Like they, they took it to hands and they, they took it to somebody safe. We don't know how much of it is corrected tissue of the last child. To be honest, I think fans are just freaking out because you can't be Disney and make Star Wars and not like know what was going to happen. Like if yeah. they pulled like a Shane Black Iron Man three on him and that's how he truly, honestly felt, and he's going to have to correct some stuff. Like he's got to correct the big three things. If not. He's just going to have to go with it. And outside of that, I don't think he's going to make Snoke come back or be like the presence of the Emperor. And I don't think she's going to actually be the kid of somebody famous. Those are the two big things. Like, that's it. She, she can't fix those. He's just got to make a movie with them. And because that's the case, he's just going to make a safe Star Wars movie. That's what yeah. Force Awakens is. I don't... I, I don't... I think... Let me put it this way. There's a difference between uh, Force Awakens for me, which I think is honestly his best movie, versus Super 8. Yeah. Super 8 is a really fun movie to watch. But when you stop and think about it, the heart of it, like really what it is, like there's not really much to it. It doesn't make it a bad movie. 
It's just like no one's really ever really talking about the universe of Super 8. No one's begging for a Super 8 sequel because there's really not much to it. Like even the emotional tissue between him and the monster doesn't make any sense because they never even actually have a conversation. It's just like the monster empathizes with the fact that this kid lost his mom. It would be like a human seeing a, a deer's mom getting like murdered. Like we oh we empathize, go oh, along, baby deer. But like that's the equivalent in Super Eight. That's it. Like there's no real emotional connection that you have. But you do have a fun time watching the movie because it's great kids making a movie, having fun. Everyone's joking. Kids on dr- drugs and driving around with everyone, yada, yada, yada. There's a monster. Ooh. But it's, no one's begging for more because it's safe. Star Wars, on the other hand, it had decades coming with it. That's the person you give those keys to the car to. You don't give them to Zack Snyder. You give them to J.J. Abrams. You give them to Joss Whedon. You give them to people who take those properties and know what to do with them. Because every time J.J. Abrams has, property's gone on to do better. Because, yeah. I mean, Mission Impossible 2 is a, it's a fucking mess. I love John Woo. Face Off is my game. And anytime, I guarantee you, man, I'm going to show you some 80s John Woo, and you're going you're gonna to shit your pants. It's amazing. Did you know they swapped faces? Uh, they swapped faces. They took their faces off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, all I'm saying is, um, <laughs> I forgot what I said. <laughs> now, all I can Damn think it, about Chris. It. Oh, John Woo. John Woo's movies are really good, but at the same time, Mission Impossible 2 is, is it's crap. And you want someone safe to come in and go, uh, no, Ethan Hunt is a person. He's yeah. uh, actually trying to get out of the game, and now we're going to have to pull him back in. Now, I, I, you, you, for instance, like Mission Impossible 3 a lot. I, for one, can take or leave that movie. It, it washes over my brain, and I forget it immediately. That doesn't mean when I watch it that I'm not impressed at what everyone's doing. It isn't a good story that chugs along and everything, but I, I re- rarely ever remember it. The, the point is, is, that, is that Ryan Johnson was a very, very, very interesting choice for Disney. It was something that Disney wanted to, put, to hope that the fans would like a lot. And it didn't play out the way Disney wanted it to, so they need to dial it Still back. Got positive reviews. I I get that, dude. Prior, contrary to reviews, the fans didn't like it. That's the problem. And Disney that was not the majority. Okay. A vo- a very vocal amount of people that could scare Disney into yes. making certain decisions. Because there's really only three ways that you can make a movie. You either go 110 percent new and different and try to challenge your audience, which is yep. Last Jedi. You can pander to them 110%, which is Han Solo or Rogue One. That doesn't mean that they aren't good movies with other motives. Like Rogue One is 110% a war movie where the last half of it is amazing and a really fun watch if you know you're watching a war movie. And Han Solo is just a fun movie. Like you just have to take your leave with fan service alone. It's a fun movie. It's not bad. It's not poorly made. It's not what we watched tonight. It's just fan service. You have to... (laughs) You either have to like accept that, or you make what's in the middle, milk toast, something you know people are gonna like. That's yeah. Force Awakens. That's why I liked Force Awakens because okay, like oh man, those prequels were terrible, guys. We need to start over. So you give them what they love, but in the middle of what they love, you plant the seed of something new, and then that's what they last Jedi. People freaked out, and so now they have to pump the brakes. But the pump the brakes of getting J.J. Abrams was not because of just the movie's reaction. It was because of people's reactions to the previous director's other movies like Book of Henry. 
like people like that director was just starting to be a problem. And JJ yeah. Abrams had to come in and fix his problem. Now he may come in and be like, oh man, I can't believe Brian and Brian uh, Johnson <laughs> made these decisions. Um, and I got a problem. No, his bigger problem was the mess he inherited when he walked in and had to take over that movie. That's the bigger thing that he's trying not to talk about. I guarantee you he's talking about the Ryan Johnson stuff so he doesn't have to talk about what he has to fix already. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard, man. And I think, like, Disney's decision going forward with what they're going to be doing with Star Wars movies is, like, a very smart way to, like, kind of dial things back. And honestly, dude, we're getting, like, two really great trilogies coming up after Rise of Skywalker. Me and Alex, who are, you know, as the fans have learned many times, I mean, Alex are humongous Game of Thrones fans. Uh, Al and I'm, right. and, oh, I'm, a, I'm a humongous <laughs> Game of Thrones fan. Alex is a Game of Thrones fan. Um, I am a Game of Thrones yeah, fan. Um, Dan and Dave, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, are getting their own Star Wars trilogy, and they have a whole host of directors to work with. And again, like I said last week, I think Miguel Sapochnik is like someone who could work on a Mandalorian episode or someone who could end up directing a Star Wars movie in the future, and he's directed probably two of the best episodes of Game of Thrones ever made. And I think David Nutter lost a lot because this last episode was the second worst-rated episode ever, but that's not saying much. Whatever. Um, I think but, the uh, season... I think the the season's an interesting conversation. Yeah, the season's also... going somewhere in general. We're not going to get into that. Uh, we got to go to another movie. But uh, to emphasize my point, you know, we have Ryan Johnson who's going to do his own trilogy in its own timeline with its own set of rules that Ryan Johnson can dictate and really let it flesh out fully instead of kind of inheriting J.J. Abrams thing and then having to play into what he's going to uh, while all while telling his own story. And I think Ryan Johnson getting his own trilogy to tell from beginning, middle, and end is going to be very important in telling a very interesting story. And I also think Dan and Dave are going to tell a really great politically driven story as well yeah like i don't i i i'm loving force awakens the more and more i come back to it and yeah. i still think i still think last jedi is a better movie by far it's more yeah. challenging to an audience but at the same time jj abrams is not coming in fixing the mess of last jedi he's coming in fixing the mess of another director so he's Colin Trevorrow. Uh, sorry you can yeah, say my guess... name man <laughs> I didn't remember his name, name, man. He's, I didn't remember his name. Contraro. <laughs> Contraro. So Colin Hanks is trying to make this movie, right? And he takes a two bullets <laughs> to the back of a yeah. ship. The, the guy who directed, the, the guy who allowed, uh, the guy who a, allowed Fallen Kingdom to get made. Uh, Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Anyway, just anyway. I didn't remember. So, but at the end of the day, all I'm saying is like that's the mess he's inherited and he's trying to fix. So, like. Yeah. I think he can make a safe movie out of that for sure. Do I think he can elevate it more because he's the guy who made Force Awakens and produced Last Jedi? Absolutely. It's not like yeah. they got some average Joe off the street that makes safe movies to come in and fix it again. They got a guy who knows the universe and where it was going to go in the first place and has been a guiding force ever since. They got a guy who like knows what he's doing. He's in the mold. So that's good. Like It's yeah. probably going to be safe. But at the end of the day, like he's not going to change the two big things that happened in Last Jedi He's going to mold the thing around it while fixing the problems that were already happening structurally with the movie. So yeah. we're going to get a fine movie. I don't really know where the story is going to go, but like, no. it seems like everything is heading towards the 
anybody could have the force and she's probably going to lead like a, either a quest to find more people like that as they all go with her or something like that but the question is getting our interest while forming a conclusive story because this isn't like Endgame. Endgame started 11 years ago and now it's got our hearts. Star Wars started a few years ago, failed after a bit, and it was a joke. And now it's come back and it's good again. But it's good again. Can it be great? Um, um, so yeah, I, I think that's enough talk. I think we need to talk about the movie we watched. Yeah, because we're an hour and 20 minutes. In. Yeah, I, I think it's time that we talk about about this movie. One more thing, and it's really quick. Okay. I'm going to start something. Okay, get ready. Because I've been hearing this float around for a while. I just want to make it emphatically clear. It was me. I farted. Okay. Um, I did too. Well, it has to be one of you. No, um, I both of us. I mean, whatever. Hashtag raise not a Palpatine. Anyway, let's start. Okay. Let's talk about this we're not gonna even. We're not even gonna get into that. Uh, let's just talk about. Know. Let's talk about Troll Two. Um, Troll so, freaking two. Oh so, my lord, Jesus. Troll two. So, um, for, yeah. For, I, real quick here, guys. Um, before we go really deep in this movie, uh, and we talk about reactions and all that, um, I want to talk about uh, specifically because I know Chris, this is your first time viewing Troll Two, right? This is like I. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. This is your first time. To- so I want to talk real quick about me and Alex's first time. <laughs> Experience in Troll 2 and how we learned about it and Not, our history never, with this movie. I watched the movie before I watched what you're going to talk about. However, when I did watch what you're going to talk about, it had been a long time since I'd seen the movie. Well, so actually, Al, I know that you know what I'm going to talk about, um, but I'm actually going to talk about my first experience watching Troll 2 because it was actually before I talked about the movie I'm about to talk about before. I was going to say, how uh, did you know so, Troll 2? So I saw Troll 2 for the first time my freshman year of college. Um, and I was oh God, a week into my new dorm, something like that. I don't even remember. I'm here um, day- and I went into a friend's room, this friend who I'm still friends with today. And this is the friend I, I tell you guys about every so often who I had, a bad movie, who I had, who I had my weekly bad movie nights with. Okay. Um, and, and he said, have you ever heard of Troll 2? And I said, no. And he said, well, it's a really bad movie. And I said, well, what do you mean it's a really bad movie? He said, well, it's a really bad movie in vain of Last Airbender in the room. I said, okay, I can get behind this. Let's sit down and watch it. And about, you know, Troll 2's runtime later, because I don't remember the runtime, um, we... I come to realize that that movie is really weird and really great. And, um, and that was my first experience watching that movie. And then later down the line, I saw a great documentary that I'll talk about in a bit. Um, that really cemented my love for this movie. So I, I think I just like heard this movie was bad. And so I watched it. I watched it. It was crazy. Um, I'll save you. I'll let you talk about the documentary later. But Chris, let's let's ask you. So it's interesting that Zach brought up the room and Last Airbender. You have seen Last Airbender, correct? Um, of course, I have. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you 
And you've seen, you, you remember Plan 9, correct? Yes, I do. So I would say including the room. Those are prime examples of slower, bad, good, bad movies. Like, their paces are slow. They're genuine. You could, like, they're the kind of movies that if you, like, you need a group of people with because you watch them on your own, you probably want to turn it off at some point. Like, a group yeah. of people really helps. In my opinion, the other opposite end of the spectrum is like Miami Connection. I think Troll Two is in the Miami Connection uh, heart. I think it, it hangs out mm-hmm. with them. Oh, it's it's insane and it's so it's so fast paced. You could just because rewatching it again this time, I was like, I forgot how crazy. Because like this movie isn't one hundred percent crazy the whole way, but when it does get crazy, it like cranks it up real hard, and it just. <sighs> So how did you feel watching this movie? Were you bored at all? You- I don't <laughs> listen. Here's the thing. I don't want to turn this review into another plan nine. We're going to talk about this thing. Okay. I'm so happy. This was the funniest attempt at making a legit movie I've ever seen. Oh, this isn't trying to make a legit movie. This is trying to make a bad movie, dude. No, 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 no. The director was actually genuinely trying... No, 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 Chris. The the director was Italian. He was trying to make a horror movie. He was genuinely trying to make a horror movie. He wasn't, like, saying, I'm going to do this to make it like Plan 9. No, he was like, I'm going to make a horror movie, and the communication breakdown was terrible, and also he was terrible at making movies also. (laughs) But here's the thing. I think... It was just him being bad because I may be crazy. Maybe I saw maybe I because like I woke up and I was like, oh, crap. There was an attempt. Like somewhere in this mess. Could have been a legit horror movie. Really? You were scared of certain moments? No. But I'm like falling. <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. You thought, but so you, what you're saying is there are moments in the movie where you felt like the earnest. Okay, maybe not a legit horror movie, but like a solid narrative. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Nope. I mean, so what you're saying is you really felt like you felt like at certain moments watching this movie, like the people making it were really trying to make a horror movie. No, maybe not necessarily that, but like. That some of this narrative, none of some of the narrative, maybe could have worked. Maybe that has potential. Yes, like this okay. could be. This could be all right, but it's definitely not. No, not at all. No, I'm gonna say no. Uh, it's <laughs> definitely say, not. I mean, I'm gonna say there are some moments that I watched. There are some moments watching it now where I was like. The camera was moving in a cool way, or there was a cool shot, but then I was like, oh, well, that's just Evil Dead 2. Like, they're straight up just taking Evil... They're just, like... Everyone was inspired by Evil Dead 2, for sure, if you were making a cheap horror movie, but, like, the the way the camera was moving and, and how it was going, I was like, okay, this is, like... It's genuinely creepy, and I'm in it in this moment, and that's what it reminded me of, but, like... I don't know. The story's pretty bad. They never mention it a lot. The... Uh, the popcorn scene. Oh, the popcorn scene. 20 minutes of the movie. The guy doesn't even die. He's he just like he's like enough with the popcorn and then he leaves the movie. Okay, so like maybe narrative's not the right word for it. I just feel like there are moments or scenes that like 
maybe if done by someone who knew what they were doing could have maybe been something but it definitely <laughs> wasn't and that just are you are you specifically talking about the scene where the where the son pisses on the dinner so the parents and the entire family don't eat that the food? was <laughs> insane <laughs> okay hey guys guys before we go too too much deeper into this uh, I want to talk about a movie, a, a different movie first that is directly related to this movie. Okay. It, I, I think he's going to bring up the documentary. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, this movie was made in 1990, and about uh, 20-ish years later, the child actor from this movie made a do- became a filmmaker and directed oh a movie called The Best Worst Movie. Uh and this movie is literally a documentary that he made when he was what seventeen, I think, when he when he did Troll Two or something. Alex, yeah, yeah. of, was, of was... all this, sh- all the weird shit that happened on this film set, and it's a ninety-four minute documentary that uh, is really good. It didn't get like an Academy Award or something like that, Alex. Not an Academy Award, but it did get a lot of. Um, it did get yeah. a lot of. It got a. Part- it, yeah, so, he got a lot of press for how shitty the director was to the, to the actors. Like, yeah, I like, like I like the fact is that you said it was directed by somebody. It follows it follows the actor who plays the dad, who is a yes. dentist in real life, going to a convention for Troll Two. So you watch okay. him beginning cleaning people's teeth, and then he gets ready, gets prepared, goes to a convention, and then you see an entire warehouse filled with people that loved this movie going insane. And he's telling all of the same stories that he's told his family and his children know it. And they don't, they're, they're sick of hearing about the stories now. But yeah. when he goes to the convention, he's a God for like five minutes. And then he like, he gets some money and then he goes and he truly like earnestly feels for the fans. And he would love it if they made another, he wants a troll three. Like it's so interesting because it's like, it's through the eyes of the kid who actually is making art through the career that he started as a terrible child actor, but he's looking at it. He's telling the story about this other actor who didn't really make it and has this thing that he can actually both profit from earnestly, but also like can't let go of. It's crazy good. And on those terms and like, it's not the best documentary ever, but just on a genuine human story coming from that point of view about that person, about this movie and how interesting (laughs) it was and how like, He's right. The director was a terrible person. It is an interesting story about how it was made, but it's also just how the move, how this doc is made, and who it's about. All of it really is good, and I think it's also on Netflix. I think for now too. Uh, I don't remember. I I, I don't remember. But it could be. Uh, but yeah, literally, dude. Like I, Chris, if you're interested in like filmmaking. Like, go see Best Worst Movie. That's actually a great doc to watch. I thought this whole the whole point of this podcast because I'm into filmmaking. You should definitely watch Best Worst Movie just because. Uh, Wait, just... you don't want to be a practitioner of the nurse practitions? Alex, that was your thing. Bad joke. I agree. That was a bad that joke. That's your thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, uh, yeah, this movie for, is... For... For a kid who hasn't like for a kid who hasn't made a lot, it's a pretty earnest piece. Like yeah. it's a smooth ninety four minutes that goes down pretty good. And 
he's bare bones and basic about some of his storytelling, but because he's personally close to it, but also is observing a story that can keep his distance. Cause it's like, it's not his real dad. It's just a guy that he knows that he's like known forever through the conventions. He sees this life forming in front of him, but he's also personally connected to the story of how the movie was made. That all shines through in the filmmaking. And that's always nice because one of the key things to tell you about telling any story, whether it's writing or filmmaking is write what you know. And that's pretty much what the kid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We need to talk about this. Okay. Like, yeah, let's not piss hospitality because you don't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Let's. So, let's, so, so the let's... kid is like, it's it's like so they lost so they talk about the guy in the forest. <laughs> So his grandpa. So it's starting. No, 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 no. You give me this, okay? No, no, no. no. You've talked about. You've talked about the freaking documentary. You've talked about that, and you talked about your own experience with the movie. I just watched this, okay? You need to give me this. Do you understand? No, I am. I I was just gonna say, how do we want to break down this movie? I'm gonna break this down, okay? Well, do we want to go break in order? Do we want to talk about our favorite sections? Or how we'll do we get to our it? sections, okay? Just let me process this. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. I just want to process this. Okay. I mean, so the... have you seen that actress who plays the villain of this movie? I mean, isn't she just great, guys? Talking about Oscar-worthy. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. So, I love to. Okay. Um, I think she's great. I think. I think. I was about to I say, you do you, man. She's terrible, but I also think that she's probably a really fun person in real life. Like that seems like the kind of thing where, like, I don't know, she's probably fun in real life. She goes for it. I mean, her. I can't stop looking at her mouth for how disgusting it is. The disgusting mouth. It just gets worse and worse as the movie goes on. And she's beautiful for like five minutes, and then like it comes back even worse. Ugh, the mouth is disgusting. Have you ever seen um? Chris, do you know who Mandy Moore is? Mandy Moore, I heard of her. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen um? Uh, this is us. The show. This is us. Uh, I'm hearing all the buzz it's getting, but I've not seen an episode. Anyway, she looks like a she looks like a famous actress singer, and every time I see it, just makes me laugh because. She's just terrible. She's she's so entertaining in how bad she is. She's the epitome of good bad. Like I watch this and I'm like, oh, how delicious! Look at this lady. Oh, she's a, she has a Twitter that's like very out and about. Sweet, good for her. She's riding it. Everyone should ride the fame of this movie because it sounds like the director was an asshole. Yeah. Oh my I, god! I, I love it. She's made Oscar jokes about this. So, uh, Chris, what, what did you want to start with? Okay. So we're just going to, I'm just going to preface this to everybody about how bad this movie is. It's really bad. It starts like the princess bride and like, (laughs) it starts like the princess bride. And so, so the grandpa's given the story to the, child it's terribly <laughs> written and um 
so no one actually does start and so like it's the music choice for the chase in the forest as the visual aid to the story is awful and <laughs> mood ruining <laughs> and um and so they tell the story so apparently the trolls or goblins want or like are like sirens that get people to eat vegan food and turn them into vegetative slime so that they can eat. Yep. And the transition to from human to vegetative state is hilarious because <laughs> it looks like because they start sweating green and then they're sweating profusely green. And then now, then all of a sudden, they're just a vegetative state. Yeah, it's the magic of cutting. And then, as soon as the story's done, it cuts back to real life. And the grandpa and the kid are talking. The mom walks in. The grandpa's gone. The grandpa's been dead for six months. <laughs> that is one of many twists that this movie... This is a poorly edited, poorly written M. Night Shyamalan film before his time. If there's anything I could say about this movie's credit, it's so, with, so, it so, is not, so, it does not leave you uh, without sitting on the edge of your seat. Real, real quick, guys, uh, to talk about this movie in relation to a film series that uh, Chris likes a lot. Uh, so the actress who plays uh, the main villain of this movie... You won't believe who she's Bottom married Carter? to. Tim Burton. Vig Rames. <laughs> who? The guy who plays Rames? Luther in Mission Impossible, yeah. Huh. She's married to, to Ving Rames? Yeah. Right. The um, bad guy in Troll 2 is married to Ving Rames. Yep. Bad woman, please. She, uh, I mean... Deborah Reed. Fair point, but also... Uh, good for Ving because uh, she's beautiful, but also wasn't he married to Vanessa Williams at a certain point? Uh, yeah, until yeah, good 1999, or as Valerie Scott was who he was married to. Dude, okay, I, so dude, she's got to be fun in real life, and Ving knows what's up. If they remake this, <laughs> if they remake this movie, real quick. which I hope they don't. Hold on, if they remake okay. this movie, by any stretch. The bad, the the witch has to be played by Helena Bonham Carter. Bonham <laughs> Carter. She she would just basically do the Harry Potter thing. Yes, I would see Mandy Moore sink her teeth into this. Like I want to see someone like, oh god, the girl. I like I love that she just comes out of nowhere, full swinging. Like she's it's like it's like six people came into her town and were like, "We make movies. Can you be in our movie?" And she's like, "Hell yeah!" And just like came to play. It's crazy. Okay, so then they're going on a vacation, right? Yep. 
because of the dead grandpa and because the kid has a problem with seeing the dead grandpa and because he's gone to a therapist for seeing the dead grandpa, he's got a mantra that he has to repeat with his family about how he's not real and that he's a figment of his imagination. Like, they're leaving town for a month because the kid's got issues, but really, he's got shining. He's got the shining. Right. So, they go on this trip... They go to this house. All the townspeople are weird, right? Yeah, they're, they're it's, from... It's basically, uh, it's basically an Airbnb, but it's so weird because they're basically... It's like a house swap. It's like the movie The Holiday, yeah. So... The, uh, the inhabitants of the house they're inheriting for a weekend or however long they're there for are very rude. And so... <laughs> They go in. It's a pretty it's a pretty fancy house. They go in and there's a full meal set. And then the grandpa talks to the kid. Wait, 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 wait. You gotta say something about the the goblin food. It's just yeah, food. That, it food. It's suspicious food. It's very suspicious food. <laughs> suspicious food. So don't eat that thing there's just, hold on. there's a, a hold on this is before we learn this is the kind of like before we even dive into that majorly so there's a whole dinner they the, apparently they left the dinner for them and <laughs> I gotta come back to that part so anyway so they're about to sink their teeth and do it except Joshua the kid but he goes to the window and he talks to Grandpa Seth. And I'm thinking, okay, it's probably an everyone's wrong, he's right kind of thing, which it ended up being. And I hate those plots. And so what happened? So then Grandpa Seth is like, you have to make sure they don't eat that. They don't eat that stuff. And he stops time for allegedly 30 seconds, but it was much longer than that. So he's going around, and everybody's just still, but they're not really still. I could see them shaking. Like, I could see the dad, who looks like the lawyer from Law & Order, breathe into his cup through his nose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, like, it's very poorly done. So he goes around the table. So Joshua goes around the table, and he's like, I have to do this. I have to do this. He stands up on the chair. I have to do this. I have to do this. Next minute, we cut, like next second, we cut to just like him, car- the dad carrying him on his shoulder, and then, and then he throws him onto the bed, and for no reason, he starts undoing his belt. I'm like, there's no way in hell this movie's going there. There's no way, and so, and then nothing comes of it. The dad just yeah, yells at him, and then just no. leaves. <laughs> But he undoes his belt. When he's going downstairs, the movie the movie builds the tension very. You said it has you know potential. It has potential. Um, when he's carrying the kid, when he's carrying the kid upstairs. The sister's like, I hope he hits him, and the mom, the, no, 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 the mom says, I hope he hits him. The mom says, I hope you hit our child, and the sister says, like, Yeah, spanking. Yeah, like that hits spanking. And <laughs> and then he takes the kid upstairs and he starts undoing his belt and the kid's like, 
what are you going to do? Which rightfully you should ask, you peed all over dinner table. You peed all over the dinner table. You deserve, you deserve that moment when someone takes off their belt like they're going to spank you. So he asked him, what are you going to do? And the father says, I'm tightening my belt one more loop to fight hunger pain. Because if you don't think I know how to fight hunger, you're wrong, mister. You want to have a hunger strike because you don't like that we came to this cabin. You don't know who you're messing with. Because I, I grew up hungry. I'm experienced at being hungry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst movie I think we've ever done. I love it. I don't think it's the worst movie we've ever done. No, this is, I can't, like. This is the best worst movie ever made. Yeah, I argue it. I think <laughs> it's versus this oh, or Miami man. Connection. Like that, it's this or Miami Connection so far. I know. I'm thinking my 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 gut says Miami Connection. I don't know. I, this one's pretty. I good. love Troll Two, and I had a really good time rewatching. But I think there's a consistency to Miami Connection. Its peaks are almost that way because like there's some insanity here. Like I love the insanity of the whole popcorn scene, but honestly, it really just doesn't make any sense. And that does kind of <laughs> a little bit. Like it just doesn't make any. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. But like if you if you watch, if you watch Miami Connection and then you get to that letter scene that takes about as much time. It makes about as little sense. But you know what? I'm happy it's there. Yeah. I could take or leave the popcorn scene, but you have to have that letter scene in Miami Connection. That's true. That's true. I think I think that's what elevates that Miami Connection just has that cherry on top. It has that little bit of pepper. But this movie is you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. What he's telling it's, his kids that, and he's walking by the rooms. And the rooms have like the rooms have like their names painted, uh, like written on paper that's taped to the doors. Like <laughs> the parents have the Mister and Mrs. Waits. Like who put who put them there? What? This is the worst PBF. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, I'm reading I'm reading through the quotes right now. Yeah. Like this is such a terrible, terribly written movie. Oh Chris. Oh, Chris. we haven't even talked about we haven't even talked about the sister yet. Oh god. That's right. My so, two favorite things in the rewatch now are the sisters acting and the mother's acting, because the mother is legit going through a breakdown during the film. She's got to be, because, like, she... I don't know what she's doing, but it's scaring the crap out of me. And then the sister's just making... Like, she's... It's like she's talking on a rhythm that human beings don't talk on, only when the camera's on. Like, she's probably a normal human being, then the camera turns on, and she's just like, you're little tiny nuts in a ball. And it's, it's like, what are you doing? Yep. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> oh man, I'm reading through these quotes. Oh gosh. Okay, okay. All right. All right. All right. I was trying to find I was trying to find the one where they leave the key where um they're making <laughs> the the key exchange with the other family and the dad <laughs> is just like talking about you know, it has a lot of appliances like a refrigerator microwave tv i'm just like why are they listing all these did they could they literally not come up with anything else like less is more he says it as if 
every time he names an appliance, it's supposed to make up for the fact that he said an appliance. But like the last thing he said was dumb. He's like, it's got a TV and a refrigerator and an oven. And it's like, that's not how people talk. No, no people talk like that. This hey, son, son, stop fighting. Sing that song I love. Row, row, row your boat. And then they sing it wrong. They just sing, he just sing, and then after he sings the first part, he just sings the second part over and over and over. Yeah. Like, I, for a second on the car ride, I was like, that, this is not, these aren't people. Also, during the car ride, so the, okay, let's get into the sister here. So the sister's plot is that she's dating a deadbeat who hangs around with the bros a lot. And so while she's pumping iron in her room, <laughs> she, or the deadbeat guy, or the jock, whatever, comes in the window <laughs> and scares the crap out of her. And the first shot of the guy, the first shot of the guy where he's like hovering over her head, I thought, oh my God, it's James Gunn. Because I thought it looked exactly. I was like, what is he doing in this? Was this before trauma? Did he run out of gel? (laughs) So, um, I I love that. I love that moment too. Um, because you you, like his character changes throughout the movie, he leaves for such a long time, but you don't really get the idea that he's as dumb as he is until later in the movie. And then, like, everything he says at the end of the movie is all just like the dumbest things you could ever think of. All of it. All of his friends were dumb. When his friend tries to walk to a group of goblins, he's like, "You don't know who you're messing with, guys." And he's like winking and like giving an okay face to this like girl who's running for her life. These guys with penises. So, and here's the thing: here come the guys. Yeah, he's three friends through the same window, and they're seeing her in her underwear. Yeah, why don't you come out and hang out with us? Like, he he does bring his friends everywhere, like literally everywhere. Um, so then she's like, okay, if maybe you could come with us on this camping trip, and they're like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna the the boyfriend the deadbeat boyfriend's gonna join him on the uh, camping trip. So then, what happens after that? Is they're no, on the for road. Him, for him, it's really funny because they get there and it's his friends who go out looking for things. He doesn't do anything but like sleep in the same bed with his other friends. Like his, his girlfriend comes and knocks on the door and he answers it putting on a shirt. And the last thing we saw him do was like sleep in bed with his friend. He's not even out, he's actively not even searching out his girlfriend. So the thing is, like, there's one small moment because I'm about the little things, right? So, or it's not even that small. They're on the road. They finally park their camper, him and the his three friends. They see her van in the distance driving along the road from where they are. And they're calling out to her. And she sees them out the window. And she flips them off. And they react as if they can see it. 
And I'm just like, how do you see her doing that? A, the windows are dimmed, and B, there she's like a good like quarter mile away. Like, there's no way. Yeah, he did right. look like it hurt. <laughs> like it's not anyway. Like, it's not like they're confused. Like he was genuinely like, oh, you hurt me. Oh, and then they show that you can't see through the window. So. What was the other moment? And then okay, they go so... by a homeless person and that he, the kid thinks is his grandpa and he talks to him and then it's an actual homeless person. <laughs> this movie is so... <laughs> what, did the, what did the homeless guy think of this kid just running up and being like, Grandpa, Grandpa! Like, what the... I can't I nail down all of the. I can't listen. I have like almost every quote from the movie, every notable quote from the movie, uh, up on uh, IMDb here. I have it. I have it up here, and like I can't go through all this. How about the mo- what the most famous of all? By far the most famous. Uh, of, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Arnold. Dallas so, is so yeah, Arnold. Arnold. Yeah. So Arnold, this guy who looks like our friend Stephen uh, Hohertz, um... <laughs> that's so dead on. That's so good. He did look like uh, he did look like Stephen. Um... That's that's right, Stephen. So that uh, looked totally he goes... like him. and he was as charming as him too. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't sound. Um, so oh, find himself in this mess. He would have ran away when he saw those goblins. So when he, so he, so he goes out of the trailer. They're just like arguing. So he goes out for a smoke. By the way, he takes quick puffs. I've never seen anybody smoke like that. Um. So he goes out and sees this woman after they were in. Plus, um, the boyfriend. Elliot, he was, um, he promised the three guys um, uh, there will be plenty of hot checks. And there were none until Arnold walks out and sees one running through the woods covered in green slime. And, and blood. And blood, apparently. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see the blood part. Um, blood, like she looked like she had been through some stuff. Her clothes are torn. And yeah. he's, like, he's like, hey, hey. Hey, and so, I'm like, what are your intentions here? He runs her down, literally tackles her to the ground. Like, hey, what in the world's going on? Then the goblins come out. <laughs> Immediately after he tackles her, he like rests his face on her chest. It's crazy. Like as <laughs> like as an actress, I did not know what I would do in that moment. He like he tackles her hard. And then he's just like, oh, my, I'm just going to rest uh, and pretend like I'm holding you down. But no, he like buries his face in her chest. It's crazy. So. Um, so then he sees the goblins and he walks up to them and is like, if you keep doing this, you'll be in trouble. <laughs> to these god awful ugly creatures that literally no other human being has ever laid eyes upon until now um no, the, the worst worst part is that he thought that all they really needed was a good talking to by a man 
But this woman just didn't have the stern voice to apply to this situation. (laughs) Like like, running for her life and probably like these guys carrying spears. He's like, no, 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 ma'am. Did you try talking to them? (laughs) Women. And then like, obviously gets. gets And then he gets a spear in the shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) So then they go. They run, away, they run away, and they find this church, this chapel, and they go in. They're like, "Hey, we should go inside." So they go inside, right? Yeah, let's go back to the RV where my friends are, and we can get on the road and go to a doctor and get out of this situation. <laughs> further into the woods, into an abandoned building. They go in. Scientist stuff and glowing Stonehenge replicants. No, like go to the RV. It looked like, yeah, the, the set looked like something from a Tim Burton film. Um, so, they you find... Really, you really got a Helena Bottom Carter vibe from this whole thing. I did. The, the, the witch, I'm just like, that's that, that's 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 Helena Bottom, Bottom Carter. I'm just like... But then when no. she turned young, I'm like, is that Carrie Fisher? <laughs> you know? <laughs> when she turned younger before the popcorn scene, I was like... What? <laughs> so they go in, they find this witch, and uh, she tells them to drink uh, this literally steaming drink made from vegetative stuff. And so she drinks it, and then she slowly turns into vegetative goo. Yeah. And yeah. Like, and she tried her hardest, too. She was vomiting the stuff. She was letting it run down her face like a like a really bad uh, blade job in wrestling. Um, I would say she was 110% in it, giving it her all, and was committed 110% until she was covered head to toe in the green goo. Then when it was all over her face and everything... It seemed like she was probably sitting there for hours in that stuff, and then her screams got real lifeless. I was like, "Oh yeah, she probably had to sit there like for the longest period, <laughs> shooting those mistakes, and she probably hated that." Maybe she actually like like then was actually trying, actually forgot, and she actually was like relaxing, like you know, this really exfoliates the pores, you know, <laughs> really exfoliating. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm I kidding, think you don't course. know what it's like to go to a spa, Chris. No, I don't. Because um, I'm a manly man. A um, oh, no, you're not. You're my little baby. I'm going to take you to a spa. We're going to have a spa day. Please, no. Um, going to get the cuddles at some point. For goodness sake, get out of my driveway. Um, God, you shoo me away, but I'll be back. <laughs> 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 so... Then he's in paralysis, but his mouth is moving and he could slightly turn his head. I'm just like, and so he's watching this happen, uh, Arnold. And so the goblins come out and they eat the vegetative state that was that woman. And he's like, oh my God, they're eating her and they're going to eat me. Oh my God. That. Is I love context. I loved seeing that context. I now have the context behind that scene, and it's great. 
I assumed you'd probably seen at least that before. Um, but like, the, that was just. And then here's the thing about this movie: it just keeps going. It doesn't. It doesn't deviate from this lunacy at all. Nope, keeps going. It gets weird too. Nope, doubles down. It doubles it's, down. It doubles down. It's so. I don't think, if I recall correctly, I, mean, I don't remember think. When they, remember when they held the seance and then the kid passed out and turned into a goblin and then they cut its arm off and then it turns out that they cut the arm off of the witch who stuck her arm into the vagina of Stonehenge and then got that it back. That makes no sense. But then just asked the Stonehenge for all of the power and then became young and got like a huge rack and then made a popcorn sandwich with some kid who survived because they sucked her power away because they all, as a family, because the grandpa ghost came too early, humped the Stonehenge thing until they all went away. So, right. But here's the thing. Did anything happen between... Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so... Like... No, 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 no. Okay, I've got it all wrong. Did anything happen between Arnold and... Oh, you know what? One more thing. So, the other buddy goes out for a jog because they didn't bring anything, right? They didn't bring any supplies. He goes, takes a jog to the general store. He's starving, so he decides to jog to get some food. Right. So, because that makes sense. So, sarcasm, of course. So apparent. So he he's jogging, this like empty stomach guy. He's jogging, right? And they call it y'all. Yeah. So and then a cop shows up and is like, "Hey, I'll I'll be out with a ride to town." It's like, "Oh, dude, sweet." Gets into the car. The dude gives him a sandwich, and he eats it. Right. Then he gets oh, out of the green, car. Green yeah. burger. Right. It's a green burger. Would you have eaten that? No. No. <laughs> Dude. Dude. So. How about the choice when he decides to have non-refrigerated milk on his daily jog in the hot summer sun? As soon as I, when he walked into that general store, everybody was staring at him. As soon as he walked into that general store. <laughs> like 10 men 10 men of all different kinds of just like just probably all used to be village people but aren't anymore they all outgrew the, the touring dates just so uh, staring at this guy i was staring at this guy he goes into the general store nothing's refrigerated and as somebody who works in retail that bothered me that honestly bothered me so bad so gross just seeing that milk on that shelf. The guy's like, you can have it for free. We love tourists. And the guy's like, really? I'm like, you know it's warm in your hands. Why would you want it? You're sweating so, green. He asks. He asks him, like, you have any eggs? you have any bacon? you have any anything? He's like, we're vegetarian here. I'm just like, this movie hates vegetarians. It does. It's so funny. You know what I think is really funny that just struck me right now about this character? Like, <laughs> oh, at the boy. beginning of the movie, 
they have to imply that they can turn into beautiful sirens to get people to drink this stuff. This guy just needed a fat cop. <laughs> no siren, no nothing. He's just this fat cop's like, eat this burger. And the guy's like, okay. Like He's like, I didn't even have to turn into a beautiful woman. So... So what happens is... Um... So then he's running back, and he's sweating green now. <laughs> so then, actually, no. The the townspeople tell him, "Go go a mile into through the forest, and their friends will meet you at the building that we were talking about with Arnold." So he goes there, and Arnold, and then they find Arnold, and he's like a plant now. He's like half Groot. And so, and like, and in the pot and everything, like he has roots growing out of his wrist, like his legs, like his calves are just roots, and his face is just like it. It kind of looks like a Zach. Well, you might get this. It kind of looks like a clicker it's... from The Last of Us. Yeah, kind of. So funny story about this scene, actually. Uh, I guess the director made that kid stand in that pot for, like, 17 hours or something like that. Bull crap. There's no way a human being could do that. Yeah, well, no, there's a lawsuit about it, actually. Oh, my gosh. He wasn't a nice director. No, I forgot about that. Yeah, he wasn't a nice director. He wasn't a nice person. No. So... So he removes. So Arnold, before he passes out, manages. No, no. Um, the the guy, he manages to make out Arnold under all that mess. He rips off some of the bark on his face, and Arnold's not even screaming in agony. You know, he's, he's like, "Hey, thanks. Uh, hey, this Dude, you're me out of here. Yeah, get me out of here. The bride's coming." He hasn't changed his demeanor when he lost to the goblin. He's like the exact same, like, ugh. What a a day. And then he asked his friend to drag him out by the pot. Um, And then I just thought about that scene of, like, a guy legitimately trying to drag another man in a pot and make make him look like a plant. Like you can see, it, it, it's footage of like people's souls dying a little bit. <laughs> you can feel it in them. You can feel it in the guy and like pulling it, and the guy in the pot. You can just sense it. They're like, this doesn't work. This isn't. What is this? I don't know. And I've been standing here all all fucking day. The director doesn't even speak English. Um, not well. That so is for sure. So then he, so the dude finally like, no, the witch comes, knocks the dude, knocks um the dude out. Um, I don't think anything happens between that and the popcorn scene. For those guys, yeah, um, no, just for just in general. I don't know. Um, she, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they try to drag him out. She comes back. 
and uh, she knocks the guy, the jogger, out, and he falls unconscious on the bed. And she turns to uh, the other guy in the pot, and she's like, uh, "You've been bad, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this chainsaw on you, and it's only gonna take." <laughs> Forgot about that. It, then she uses it, and it's. And, and he starts laughing because it does tickle, and then she turns it into a smoothie, feeds it to the friend, and then I'm assuming after she feeds it to the friend, she eats the friend. That's pretty fun. That is, that is pretty, that's pretty good. Thing. That is crazy. Hey, guys, I gotta get going. I got Mother's Day stuff I gotta do tomorrow. Okay. Night, All bro. Right. All right. We'll, we'll, fin- we'll finish up here. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Do you have a suggestion for a good movie? Ooh. Um. No, my expertise are only in shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Um. Oh, God. Um, Fair point. Jesus Christ. Um. Good movie suggestion. Wow. That's hard. Um. No, I got nothing. Sorry, guys. Well, no, if, you think anything, if you think of anything in the next 10, 15, just send it our way. All right, I will. All right, Peace. Zach is out. Later, um, So, it's like, also, can we go back, before we go to the popcorn scene, can we go back to the kid in the van when they're driving over to that house? Where he has a nightmare. I was gonna say, and his stomach explodes. You like see the inside of a ten-year-old kid. <laughs> it's aggressive. It's aggressive. It was a very aggressive scene. So he's having a nightmare, and he's got, he's got, he's got, um, he's got branches growing out of his fingernails. He's, he's like. Green is coming out of his forehead. And, and then his stomach is opening up. No, no, no. He, like, rips his shirt open. And it, like, becomes alien. It's just, like, it's crazy. You just, like, you see everything. His branches, like, pop out of his chest. And it's like, this is a 10-year-old kid. What are we watching right now? And he's, I just wanted to come back to that for the briefest second. And I've been waiting to bring it back, actually. Right. It's just like We were t- talking about her changing and I was like, oh remember when the like it burst out of his stomach? But no, yeah, it's it's And the and the lighting choice for inside the van. It's yeah. still daytime outside, but inside it's like it's night. And and that, like, that, that's interesting. It's bad. But it is interesting. And they got hard fall off lighting on the parents and the sister as they're talking to them all crazy. They did have some good crazy faces, I thought. Um, Mom alone. <laughs> so that was a thing. And then we got the homeless part, the homeless dude part after that. And it was this, I should have known. I think that was like. That was no. The moment was at the beginning for me, where I knew this movie was not going to be. This movie was going to be absolute trash. Is like at the grandpa dead for six months revelation. 
um, <laughs> at the beginning. That's how I like the best kind of bat. Because it's like everything up to that point is like, oh my god, this movie's really dumb. And then that happens and it's like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, to be just, it's like if you're hanging around like someone who's stupid and just kind of says stupid stuff, but then all of a sudden they put on a helmet, like jump through a window and give a bunch of candy to kids. And you're like, that was amazing. Like, wait, you're going to jail now. But so great. So <laughs> do that. no one's smart. So, this movie, throughout this movie, it's the underlying thing of this kid just tries to seek help from his grandpa Seth in any mirror or window that he can. By the way, with no with no understanding or backstory as to how the grandpa has a magical powers and b a history with goblins, right? This movie's called Troll Two because it's the sequel to no no movie like there's a movie called troll but it, it's not connected to this movie at all the i was about to say it. he just called it that so that people would go see it so like there's like he thought he could just throw in backstory stuff and then like it would be okay because people would be like oh i haven't seen the first troll or i watched the wrong troll like no there's no explanation this grandfather just is magical the kid has the shining right. and not only that the he like knows that goblins are a big deal and when they start to go to this town, he's like, you shouldn't go to it. It's a bad place. I have a bad feeling. It's like, no, why don't you just straight up say, you know, goblins exist. You should probably stay away from a town called Nilbog. So. Oh, yeah, that was the funny part where they're going into town because the milk is spoiled. Uh, the dad and uh, Joshua, they go to town. <laughs> I can't believe that. He looks into a car. The general store is closed. Because they're in a sermon. So the car... So he looks into a car mirror across the street. He looks in it, and he sees this, the town sign. And it's backwards. And it's spelled Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like... Subtlety is absent. Um, yeah, like... I think the director thinks that his audience is stupid because the the food is green and the people humanity just keep eating it like it's one thing to say once you take a bite it's delicious it's another thing to like just think that people would just eat green shit i think <laughs> i think that's what he thinks of his aunt so so it turns out that your grandpa so green shit eat it give me your money so it turns out the grandpa is not like is actually like real because he comes out of the mirror he is real because he comes out to the mirror to the sister like it's a butt dial right she has the dance sequence in the mirror (laughs) so what happens is like no no no. you know what let's just talk about the popcorn scene before we get into any of that that's way later though that is later okay so so the grandpa's real, and they go. first. <laughs> also, yeah, right. So they have the seance for. No, oh, there's a part I'm missing where he goes to the mill. Remember. Um. 
goes to the mill. Oh, well, no, no, he okay, goes somewhere later. where the sermon. Okay, so here, here's what happens. They, uh, so he pees on dinner, and then the next morning happens, and that's when we start following the jogger. The jogger woke up that morning. The boyfriend fell asleep with everything else, and the family is just waking up, too, to find out that there's no milk. Husband and the son go out, um, and they have their own adventure. And, yeah, the son does his own thing. But in the middle of that, um, you get the jogger. You get um, – God, there's something else that I'm forgetting now. Oh, God, that happened. Mm. Yeah, the the, uh, yes, yes. Okay, the, the evil witch visits the mom. How? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if she has a car or if she has a broom or something, but she visits the mom. Uber. She says her daughter is delicious. And she's like, like, what? And she's like, oh, I don't mean that I would eat your daughter. I mean sexually. She's delicious. Anyway, <laughs> I love that scene because it's like the worst thing you could say. Double down with like the most worst thing you could ever say. Discretion, everybody. Discretion. <laughs> Like she assumes eating. Oh no, no no! I just you know, I want a banger. Anyway, have some food, neighbor. What? The mom is like also crazy. Yeah. So like whatever. Like because by the time they get back, she's like all the neighbors are hanging out with the mom, and she's just accepted it. She hasn't eaten any of the food. She's just accepted that these people are great. So yeah, she has her own like weird oh. adventure. So like oh yeah so then. The kid, um, Joshua, he goes out on a skateboard <laughs> as they're waiting outside the, the general store to, I guess, go check out this sermon thing. And he sneaks in on the sermon. They find out, turns out that the townspeople are goblins in disguise that apparently just stay in disguise, um, he, even when they're he, not hidden. Yeah, he finds the sermon. And then he goes up on top above the sermon to listen in. But when he tries to listen in, he puts the skateboard down. And then he leans on the skateboard. Like, that's your best support system on a pair of wheels. And then he does that for two seconds. He realizes that's dumb. And then he leaves the skateboard next to the right. hole where he's listening to. It is so, the worst thing ever. So they find him, they discover him, and then they try to feed him sour cream and then the dad comes in and is like hey what are you doing with my son and then he tries to say they're monsters and they're still just playing it cool and the dad's still buying in that's when they come back find the <laughs> yeah like that's just like he's he finds them trying to force feed melted ice cream to his son and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, we were trying to give him some ice cream. He was just, you know, being a dick about it. <laughs> and the kid's like, they're goblins, like straight out the gate. No, you have the prime opportunity to be like, these people kidnapped me and they're force feeding me this disgusting, like, like bad old food. Like, get me out of here. No, he's like, they're goblins. Like, no, kid, come on. So. This kid is standing he gets. Then they go family back. family he gets. So during the, so at this point, um, uh, Holly, the sister, she uh, confronts um, 
Elliot, the boyfriend, how she found him, I'll never know. Actually, no, no, no. The movie did the work for that. She knows where they are because they, she saw them, at least, from the road. Yeah, um, they never moved where they were. Right. So she goes to the, the, the camper, confronts Elliot, and she's like, it's either them or me. Dude, she punches her boyfriend in the face. That is true. She assaults her boyfriend, and even he acts it. He acts like it too. He's like, "I don't care who you are. Like, you don't punch me in the face." Like he was serious. But there's assault here. Dad's like, "You know what? You stand up, your girlfriend, and you make us wait." And it's like, "No, your your daughter punches dudes in the face. She punches her. She punches. She punches her boy. She's an abuser. She works out." So what happens so what happens after that is that he so they go and find that it's like you want to have a serious talk let's have a serious talk and and at at the house so then Elliot goes with them and leaves his la- the last re- remaining friend at the camper so then um so then they go they leave, and then when they get to the house, that's when everybody's there. And they're all partying and all that. So then Joshua, I guess, goes upstairs? Or he goes somewhere. And then a goblin comes out. No, a goblin comes out of the mirror somehow. <laughs> and the and then Grandpa Seth, in physical manifestation... Wax him or wax the goblin, I, and then and they go outside with a mullet of freaking cocktail and a yes! fire extinguisher. <laughs> Dude, how do you explain that? Your, your fucking kid is running around. They left town because this kid is seeing a therapist, and now he's running around this new town with a Molotov cocktail saying there's goblins around. Holy shit! <laughs> this movie. Not about that. That was that's uh, not only that. Like not only that, but the preacher comes out. Like they throw the Molotov cocktail on the preacher. The dad runs out, realizing that there's no grandpa, and his son must have like burned this preacher alive. And then at, after that happens, the preacher turns to the grandpa, and he sends him back with black magic, and he sends him back to hell. He sends the kid's grandfather to hell. For like a brief, for like five minutes. Yeah, because then they have the seance. But like, it's also, it's amazing. It's just amazing. <laughs> when he gave the kid the Molotov cocktail, forget about it. So, <laughs> burn. No, so the dude, so the priest takes away, the priest um, who's secretly a goblin? He takes the um, the bottle away, and then so and then send and then starts sending the grandpa to hell. But then the, before the grandpa is taken away, he smites. I guess he smites the freaking priest with lightning and lights the bottle. Yeah. 
and then the preachers, the preachers ablaze. I'm like, okay, this guy's on fire. What they could do is have the kid in a perfect, like, act of okay. The kid has not has an opening here. All he has to do is grab the fire extinguisher and start putting this guy out, and then he's in the clean. Then it doesn't look like he put him. It doesn't look like he put him on fire. At least he has the benefit of the doubt. No, he just stands there and watches as the dad comes out to screams. Everybody comes out to screams. And so the dad sees him on fire, doesn't ask anything, and then grabs the fire extinguisher and puts him out. And there's a dead goblin right there. Everyone sees it. His dad actually, like, I, I noticed that the first time I watched it. When, like, or not the first time, but this time I was watching it. Like, they're doing it in front of the open windows. I'm like, can't everyone see everything? And they even have the shot where the dad walks up. And he's like, oh, my God. So they all witness him throw the bottle at the preacher. <laughs> this movie's amazing. Um, so then that's the point where everybody's like, oh, crap, they're all goblins. Let's that's back right. up and go back into the house. So the, the humans go back into the house. I think this is the point we get the popcorn scene. Um, after the seance, oh god! So no, no. Okay. So then the seance no, no, happens. Like she, it happens at the same time because she, she tries to break into the house. First of all, they don't say why the goblins can't go inside the house, their house. But apparently, they're not going in to kill the family. So when they try to do the seance, the boy and the witch are switched, and somehow she gets her arm cut. And she gets all the magical powers from it. So she leaves. When she leaves, the son wakes up there. And he, the popcorn thing happens when he has his hands on the Stonehenge and the grandfather leaves forever. Because she, the pot, she doesn't kill the guy with the popcorn. She isn't successful at it. She ends up getting old again. So here's the thing. So what happens is, okay, she gets young again after getting her hand cut off. And so what happens is after that, she goes to the Stonehenge um, thing and becomes young again. Then, for whatever reason, she goes up to the camper with the last remaining, with the, with the, with the last of uh, Elliot's friends, the last one. And so the TV in the camper is playing and it cuts to outside his camper. And she's like, why don't you come on out? If it were me, I'd be freaking out. Because A, this technology doesn't exist yet. And B, no. No. Oh, God. So the dude... Oh, sucker for brunettes. What, what? So the dude walks out. She's all super sexy and all that. She's being all like, yeah. So then yeah, she was earlier. Let's say that. Like the actress, she like, has James married this woman and it makes sense. She yeah. has a corn on a cop. Uh, for no reason. And so she goes, so they go into the camper. She shoves him onto the bed and says, the balls of the, corn then like you should eat this and then he says 
and he says, I don't like I I actually kind of do like popcorn. So then they start making out through this corn and it it doesn't and then they have popcorn popping sound effects going while it just looks like somebody offset is throwing popcorn on top of them. Yeah. 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 I think it's really funny because when she's the witch, she is over the top. But when she <laughs> is younger and beautiful and seducing this guy, she's like actually subtle about it. Like the performance is actually less crazy, but that's because she's got that corn on the cob in her hand. And that's that I there's no explanation for it. She just has it and you know it's bad news. Um but it also doesn't lead to anything because, like, it doesn't. She says heat is what you need to make popcorn, and then she starts kissing him. So either she was trying to kill him through heat, or she was trying to feed him green popcorn, which it didn't look like green popcorn, and it didn't look like he was affected by it either. Like it wasn't turning like into gush. And if she was trying to like feed off of his youth, that wasn't implied either. So like. I think she just wanted to bang him and has a thing for popcorn. So here's what I'm thinking here that I find really interesting. There are two different movies happening here. There's right. the movie about these people moving to this town and the townspeople are evil. That's really cheap. And then there's this entirely other movie where people keep running to this evil woman in, into the wit, like evil woman in the woods. And she is like having this whole other story. So her searching out the teens makes sense if the town isn't even involved at all. It's like just this whole other movie that's happening. They just happen to run into her every now and then. It's kind of, it, I feel like he wrote two different movies and then put the scripts together. Oh my gosh, this movie is just wacky. So then the kid wakes up in the bed. He is told by Grandpa Seth, who they brought back through a seance with a bunch of candles on a table, and he told everybody just to concentrate, concentrate harder. And then... (laughs) Good God. So then after that, he has to put his hands... All he has to do is put his hands on this rock, this giant rock, and then every all the goblins will die or go away. So he does this, right? Power of goodness. Power of goodness. Then he just disappears and probably ascends to heaven or something like that. Um. So. Yeah. So the movie can't even like double down on its decisions. So. Then the parents somehow survive the house. No, 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 no. The goblins decide that something's wrong and they go back. Then the family realizes, okay, we need to go and help Joshua. They don't even know where Joshua is and they manage to find the chapel. Yeah, I was thinking about this as you were saying it. Did they tell them about the chapel? Did they tell the family to go there or something? And no, I mean, the boyfriend never knew about it. Nobody survives and tells them about it. I think they 
follow them? No, I don't know. I don't know how they. I don't remember how they get there, and I don't want to know now. No, I'm I don't want to know. Uh, but cab. Yeah, like they are about to kill the family, and then because the kid and the grandpa have started humping the Stonehenge replica of some sort, yeah. the uh, um, the woman has lost her powers. The witch has lost so, her powers. And can't born fuck no more. And no, she there calls him. Well, no, yeah, that's when she calls him over to the house. So she and the goblins magically transport, I guess, to the house. They both must teleport. Our queen is calling us, is what they, is what they said. Ah, that's right, that's right. Where's the quote? Where's the quote? Show me the quote. I need to, I need to, I need, for this next part, I need to see the quote. Um, okay, so, like, what happens was... They, so Joshua's in trouble. He's surrounded by all the goblins, right? And then these, yeah. gra- so before the gra- so before the grandpa goes, and before they start laying hands on the stone, he gives a- gives Joshua this backpack. He says, "Don't use this until you need it." <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. Wait for it. The grossest thing ever. Then he goes. So then he pull. So then they force him against the wall. They don't even hold him. They just. Then they're about to feed him this cake, this pudding, and so they just let him pull something out of his backpack to reveal yeah, a but... double bologna sandwich. No triple. Triple bologna. Sandwich, whatever. No, however, no, no sauce, no condiments at all. It's just bread, stack of bologna, bread, like stack of bologna. The the like, it's like a fist of bologna. Right. Disgusting. Who makes that sandwich? Right. So after that. Um, he, so the, the line, okay, here it is. No, no, no. So John, here's the line. I found it. A double decker bologna sandwich. And the the witch is like, think about the cholesterol. Think about the toxins. (laughs) She's selling it too. The toxins. Toxins, and it's like, does this harm them? Does this hurt them? This rule has never been applied. Like, and if they have brought their own food, they would have been fine. They just anticipated this family had bought all the food for them. What? And so he just garfs down this bologna sandwich. Or he tries his best, and he's just like holding it again, holding it, holding it up to them so they stay back. And he, then they lay hands on it, and then long enough for them. For all the goblins to slowly die. And then they just go poof. They're all gone. And then it cuts to them coming coming back to coming back home. The dad goes into town. The boyfriend and the sister go back to the boyfriend's place. And then the mom and Joshua stay. She immediately comes home and bites into an apple. I'm just like, there is no way the movie ends like this. There's no way the movie ends like this. And then so she eats the apple. 
He goes back upstairs and it's like, it's all done. And so he goes back downstairs and then there are goblins eating green mush. The mom died because she ate the apples. No, no, no. Not only did she, she ate the apples, she started turning in the shower. They dragged her out of the shower. And then the kid comes to find them eating her na- his naked mother. Like, they focus on her tits. Like, her, she, his naked mom is getting eaten in front of him. And his dad is gone, and his sister and her boyfriend are gone, and it's just him. It's like the worst thing you could ever see. The, this is the worst film ever made. <laughs> Dude, he was an annoying little brat. It couldn't even end the movie right. Dude, he peed on dinner. He deserved it. Don't piss on hospitality, Chris. He won't allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Troll 2. Sloppy F minus. <laughs> um, for good bet on the good bet just scale. For that, just for that ending. Dude, have, on top of everything movie. else, that ending. Dude, that's threw, horror movies. Threw everything off. You, dude, that's a horror movies. Dude, the more horror movies you watch, the more you realize there, no, there are no happy endings in horror films. There are none. That's just the way it is. The this more is not my genre. Endings, dude, I'm telling you, that like. That is just a like if it ended on a happy ending, people wouldn't trust it. They'd be like, "You screwed up even worse." You needed to have an ending like this. It's brutal, as brutal as like the vines poking out of his chest. It's the only bit of nudity, and it's his dead mom. It's crazy. You don't need to go that far, but it does. I love it. It's like here's, it's like here's a kid seeing his dead mom eaten in front of you, and here's a scene where people. Popcorn fuck. Here's a girl giving a dance routine, and here's a guy turning into a potted plant and then getting, you know, murdered into a shake. Here's a, here's a kid going to therapy because he can't stop seeing his dead grandfather's ghost. And then, um, you know, here's some goblins. This is. Pro- what- this is the craziest movie we've ever reviewed. I agree. I think I think Miami Connection is a better bad good bad movie. But it's not this crazy. I but it's not a, this wild. It's not this crazy. It's not this crazy. It's not this wild. This Miami Connection gets this crazy in the last 10 minutes, which is why this last 10 minutes are beautiful. But the thing is when I was in this movie is an hour and a half long. When I was an hour and fifteen minutes in, I was like, "There's fifteen minutes left of this movie. Come on!" Like I was, I was starting to get over it. And yes, right. the crazy was still getting delivered. But there's a in Miami Connection. It's just it kind of grooves and grooves, and you're just kind of like, "Did they really do that? Did they really do that?" And then all of a sudden, um, they're murdering a bunch of ninjas in the woods. Not not even the woods, just like that wooded area next to the highway. <laughs> right. Like so, that's amazing. That comes out of nowhere, and it's the end. And it just sort of like you don't expect it for an hour and a half movie. This one, I was feeling the length. The, yeah. the crazy moments are crazy, but on the whole, the movie doesn't entertain me all the way through. Like I start to get a little bit. My favorite things about the beginning of it, like the sister and like some of the friends and everything, they start to go away, and it just becomes a whiny kid. And an uninteresting dad. 
and that loses kind of the things that were making it fun to begin with, like the witch goes, and I start to lose a lot of the interest in what made it fun at the beginning. Whereas Miami Connection, all of those people are fun all the way to the end. This movie was published by Metro Golden Mayor. Yeah. Anyway. It was in in theaters, dude. I I, I was afraid you were going to say that. It was in theaters. Theaters. People paid to see this. Anyway, F minus. What do you give it? Did you pay to see this? How did you see this? No, I saw I saw it on Vudu uh, for free with ads. Nice. I, it was on Amazon Prime for me. I know I could have done Vudu, but like I I bet if I looked right now, it's probably on YouTube. That would be my guess. Yeah. Um. I am scaling it on good, bad and oh putting it up there with like some of the best good, bads. It's up there. It's like, it's different. Than Mount Rushmore, right? Um, I think you could make a fair argument for it to be up there for sure. Um, there are like epic bad movies over time, but like the good, bad, that's certainly up there. Like the, I would say the King overall, most entertaining, most successful on all scales, both as a cult movie and as like an actual profitable film, Rocky Horror Picture Show. That is like the most entertaining good bad movie that's ever been made. It bombed when it came out and it created an entire new life and people are still seeing it in droves in theaters to this day. And if you watch it at home, yeah man, it's not a bad time. The music is pretty good and it's also weird as hell. And it's it's probably up there with the room you could make an argument for this plan nine for sure. I would say Glenn or Glenda over plan nine, but um, this is up there, man. I, I think Miami connection snuck in. No one knew what it was. And it just sort of came out of nowhere, but this movie grew slowly. It, it, it had been around for a bit and people had been like spreading it around, around um, even in the blockbuster days. So it's got a fair, it, it's made the effort over the drudge of time to be up there with the best as well as still being entertaining to this day. Um, and on those scales, I would say probably B for good, bad as a movie, it's an F <laughs> like there's nothing really redeemable about this as like a good, nothing really scares me about it. There's a couple like camera tricks and stuff and movements that look good, but obviously they're stolen from evil dead too. Like without a doubt, um and that's it outside of that everything that's in this that's funny or entertaining or like fun to watch is not on purpose so as a movie it's an f for sure but as an entertaining movie uh as a good bad i would probably say b or b plus because i feel the time a little bit um but it's up there maybe i i gotta say maybe i'm wrong and it's an a minus but it's not entirely perfect for me yet there's some other ones man like i think uh simply irresistible is up there i think staying alive is up there i think rollerball is the sneaker there's some really good bads that are fun but if you can feel the length of it not good it's unbelievable okay let's spin the good wheel i'm done <laughs> do you have any suggestions um you know, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it. Let me think. Um, did you think about it? Was it like, 
Um, I'm going to say, let's see here. You don't know a lot about, I'm going to say, um, you don't know a lot about the Coens or Scorsese. So I want to pick one of those two. I recently watched a couple of Coen brothers movies again, and I really, really like them. We did do Lebowski. Mm. So I'm thinking that maybe, maybe a, a Scorsese is in mind, but I don't want to hit you up with like his blunt stuff for kids. And I don't want to hit you with like the aggressive macho machismo. I want to hit you with something that most people don't really know about too often. They don't talk about it as much, but I think it's, I think it's perfect and it's beautiful. And it's one of Leonardo DiCaprio's best. And that's the aviator. Mm. Have I seen the aviator? Have you seen the aviator? I've maybe I've seen a brief snippet. Is it about is it about the is it about a pilot who goes insane? It's about a billionaire who also pilots who is also going insane from his OCD. I think real I may have OCD. seen a brief snippet of it. It is based off the real life of a man named Howard Hughes who worked in Hollywood who was also an aviator who was also one of the richest people in the world. And it's it Cape Blanchett is amazing. It's filled with people like Adam Scott, John C. Riley in a serious role. He's amazing in it. It's filled to the brim with amazing women. Um, just stars galore. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, the aerial fights. It changes colors with each section of the film. Um, God, I, I I think this is one of the least talked about films of the last few years. It's either it's one of the three films that I would bring to the table. And it would be either that, Departed, or Gangs of New York. So have you ever seen Gangs of New York? Um, I've only heard about it. I haven't really seen anything out from it. Okay, so I need to pick something from the DiCaprio-Scorsese trilogy. And I've got to decide right now. So do I want to pick the underrated one that is a love letter to both aviation and 1920s cinema? is beautiful and probably my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performance. Don't want to go to The Departed, which is just solid good. And that's, no, I'm taking The Departed out. Departed's out. Okay. And then Games of York is a, like, three-hour epic. It's got fights. It's got romance. It's got scale. It's got Daniel Day-Lewis. Have you ever seen a Daniel Day-Lewis performance? I saw Lincoln. Gangs of New York it is. We'll get to the Aviator. Aviator okay. is beautiful and it's nice and I love it, but if you want to really understand, like, you not only do you get Scorsese and DiCaprio, you get Daniel Day-Lewis. And if you haven't seen There Will Be Blood, and I don't think you're ready for There Will Be Blood yet, um, this is going to be the perfect entrance into latter-day Daniel Day-Lewis because, like, early-day Daniel Day-Lewis was, like, way too intense. It's even intense for me. Like a guy doing cerebral palsy in a wheelchair. It's it's intense. My left foot is a hard watch. Bill the butcher, though. I think you're really gonna like Gangs in New York. Okay. Because we've had it on the back burner for several months now. Dread. That's mine. Okay. Um, Fair enough. So I'm gonna flip a coin because Zach didn't get his picking in time. So. I'm going to stick to Gangs of New York for a while, though. And and also, again, I own Dread personally on physical. I still have not watched it because of this podcast. All right. Heads, Gangs of New York, 
Tails, uh, Dread. Flip the coin. It's Tails. Dread it is. Dread finally gets on the wheel. Good for you, Dread. We're going to see some Cersei die before her time. Okay, oh, yeah, you don't so... get that. Never mind. Yeah, no, I don't get mind. that. Um, I know who Cersei yeah. is, but I just yeah. don't know what you mean about the kill. Um, She's, uh, I believe she is the villain or one of the villains in Dread. Okay. And her, and her death is supposedly epic. So, on the good wheel right now, Looper, Clueless, The Incredibles, Surf's Up, Treasure Planet, 1010. <laughs> I can't wait to watch Surf's Up 2. I can't wait to watch Surf's Up 2. What is Vince McMahon doing? What's the I don't know what he's doing. His ratings are tanking. Or tanking. Um, tanking. Um... Pain like Hard- as a penguin. I gotta know. Hardcore Henry, Heat, Troll yeah. Hunter, Independence Day, the first one, Labyrinth, Dogma, Paprika. The first anime. All right. Ready? Go. Let me just uh, unmute this because I had it on mute because I had to look at some stuff. All right, here we go. What? I can't even look. I'm so nervous. It's so it's not that loud at all. Oh, so here it's turned up. Oh boy. Oh. <sighs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the next movie that we are going to watch on the Master Movie Podcast from the Good Wheel, Dogma. Oh, holy shit. And I mean that literally. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay. So Zach's not here. This is a good thing. I think I, think I got to, I got to, I'm going to have to ease you into this a little bit. But yes, I want you to. I want you to understand this movie is not making fun of religion. I, you know, I'm sorry. It's ma- not making fun of faith. It's making fun of religion. Full on. It's, it's okay. well knowledge of the Bible. So more than anything, I didn't, I'm not bringing this to the table because I want to make fun of your faith. I want to okay. make fun of religion. Your, your okay. organized religion. And when you watch the movie, you're going to understand that that's the perspective it's coming from. The other thing is... Kevin Smith is crass. He's gross. He's disgusting. It's like grade school, I'm going to suck your dick kind of humor. It's like, you're a gross piece of shit. Fuck you, Farface. Like that, that, like that kind of stuff. So it's immature. And I want you to keep that in mind. This is, I think, his smartest. I think it's his best film. It may not be his best written, but I, no, I, actually, I think it's his best written film. It's the perfect balance, I think, between him genuinely having something to say matched with his odd way of saying things. Because Clerks is a perfect movie, but it's also not really trying to achieve anything. That's the brilliance of it. It's not, it's perfect for slacker culture. It's a brilliant movie about nothing at the time of like the Seinfeld generation. It's just like there it exists, and that's what's great about it. 
Dogma actually has something to say about a man who's confused about his faith. Like, he was just becoming a father. He'd married for a few years now. He was, like, he hadn't had his heart attack yet, but he was trying to figure out how to explain his faith to his child because he was seeing so many terrible things, um, especially because he had spent some time in Boston. And that was a big thing in the mid-90s with a couple's priests specifically. He had seen some things. And it shook him, but it never, he never deviated from the faith. And as he was raising his kid, he was trying to understand, how do I explain what I get out of it to my child? And he figured out the best way to do it, and it created this movie, just based off of one sentence. And that's kind of one of why I think it's his best movie. He had a thesis, and this thesis branched out, and it created all these little things. Some of them work, some of them don't. As a whole, it's pretty cool. On top of that, it is filled to the brim with stars. Filled. You're going to be amazed at some of the people you see that you just didn't know were around in 1998. Uh, but yes, it's not making fun of your it's not making fun of your faith. It's making fun of your religion, and it's immature. So be prepared, because like I don't think you're prepared for Jay and Silent Bob yet. Well, if you you wouldn't have one of you wouldn't have suggested it if you didn't think I can handle it. So I, we will. I think I suggested it. I just think when people talk about Kevin Smith, there are at least three movies in his catalog that are worth looking at, and this being one of them. But also, people just kind of forgot how great of a geek he is, dude. He loves Star Wars. He loves Marvel. Watching the th- reviews that he made about Endgame and the one he did for the Star Wars trailer, it's nothing but love from a full-on fan. He never says a negative thing, but he also doesn't suck up. And that's the point. Like He just loves this stuff, and he's unabashed. He gives to charities. He gives to people. He gives to his fans constantly. He's making stuff for fans all the time. As a human being, he's great. Granted, some of his shit is shit as a director. He's the first person to say it. He's the first person to be like, I make bad films. And that's probably one of the best things about these films that are going to last forever for him. He may not make another good one again, and he may also be the first one to say that too. But these three films, I think, define the best of who he was. Him at his best, him when he tried, and then him when he just tried enough like everything worked the universe kind of stepped in a little bit and elevated what he was saying because he had something to say i think people give him a hard time for that okay well we spun it and uh we're gonna do it wow dude this is gonna be a fun one it's a fun little movie like it its ending is crazy but uh, it's a fun little movie. I'm happy to watch it again, dude. All right, let's do this. All right, let's get out of here. So uh, there you go, everybody. We're just watching Dogma. So, uh, so be prepared flashback. for a flashback to Narnia. Remember when we did that? So. Oh gosh, yeah, dude, you're not. You don't even know what you're in for. The creatures in this are crazy. Um. Yeah, to to one of the funniest episodes. Bye-bye. All right.
But yeah, say goodbye, Alex. Or did you already do that? I'll say it again. Bye-bye. Hashtag Ray is not a Palpatine.